uh, the Corsair. Corsair from the FMS, the giant 1700 millimeter. Oh, oh. Guys, take, listen to this. Take this up to about 1500 feet. I'm not kidding. Don't do that. It's above the it's above the AMA ceiling, by the <laughs> way. Well, yeah, maybe. Anyways, <laughs> dive down. He was in a ditch. Right? Just dive. And then pour the power on oh, in that guy and hold it. <laughs> what you'll hear is a bunch of weird crackles. <laughs> then you're going to hear four gunshots. Literally. Go, <laughs> right? That's the props busting and hitting the airframe, and it will split the nose wide open. The motor will get shoved all the way into the tail. Oh, weird. I don't have the embed command. <laughs> Nothing, hey, dude, nothing's working today. Thanks for joining us, RC After Hours, back in the Million Dollar Studio here. Uh, thanks for being patient and waiting on us. We had a little bit of technical difficulties like we always do. If everything went smooth, we wouldn't know how to act here at RC After Hours. Thanks for joining us. We are live on Facebook, so come on the RC After Hours Facebook page. Jump in, hang out with us, and uh, shoot us some questions. Joining us today in studio, the great white hunter. And raccoon enthusiast <laughs> Mike Coolins. Hello, everybody. Enemy here. And then the great white north up there. Is it snowing yet? No, it's plus 30. Come on, it's summertime. Give me a break. <laughs> My igloo's melting. And that voice is Andre Russo. And our special guest today, joining us all the way from Indiana, is it? I believe. Uh, we have Pilot Ryan and Captain Mike. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hey. Hey, hey. How are we doing today? Fantastic. Now that we've uh, fixed our technical difficulties. No problem. We, Like I said, we here at RC After Hours have them all the time on a, a weekly basis with the show, so we know exactly how you feel. The panic sets in, the sweat starts, and you're like, ah! But we got it. We got you guys going. You know We're here. I love the uh, the raccoon enthusiast part of the intro the most. Yeah, That's Mike, great. Mike never, is a ever heard those two words together. <laughs> Me either. To be kind honest. of an uh, yeah, kind of an inside <laughs> joke there a little bit, but 
Uh, well, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I know I think Andre's been working on this for a little bit, uh, getting you guys on, so uh should be good. And I am watching an old video of us. No wonder nothing's working right. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I'm watching last show's video. I'm like, why are all these say, their funky... screen wasn't zoomed in on. So yeah. So, uh, but thanks for joining us, guys. Um, let me get this going here. Stand by real quick, real quick. Let me get this after hours thing going. Um, so uh, what's new in the world over there for you guys? I'm sure you've been out doing some flying, maybe testing some new products or anything like that. Absolutely, yeah. You, you know, some of the more recent releases um, we've got our hands on uh, as far as the 262. And uh, some of you will know the Mirage for just a few seconds. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. So that's a thing. Um, and, you know, the 262 is a proven design. So other than the paint scheme and the um, the upgraded power system it's you know just as nice as it was before mm-hmm. sweet well i can't get my feed to even come up here so i'll deal with that here in a little bit anyway uh fill us in a little bit uh where you guys are from uh if for maybe people that don't know your youtube channel or what you do just give us a little background information uh i'm really curious and we'll get more into it later you know how you got involved with motion rc and doing a lot of the testing in the videos. By the way, you guys do an absolute phenomenal job with your videos. Um, I know Andre and me, uh, it's a lot of work. So, you know, the the time and everything you guys put into your work and your videos, it, it's really appreciated to try to make these aircraft, you know, pop and make people want to buy them. But I'm just curious how you guys got started. We always like to get a little background information sure. on what our guests. Yeah, what got you into the hobby. So just, just fill us in a little bit. Yeah, there's so many beginnings to the story. It's like, where do you start? If you don't go to the beginning, I feel like you're starting in the middle. But, I mean, you, how long do you want this thing to go? Because <laughs> you might have to pick a place, like uh, where we met. It was like, a very cold winter in 1969. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I don't know if we want to go there or not. No. Yeah, oh, that's way okay. back. That's too far back. Uh, yeah, goodness. So, I mean, I'm from Muncie, and I moved here six years. Let's start with the me and Mike meeting. Okay. Um, and then we'll go from there. I, I love this part of the story. So, so I'm new to town. I join a club, and, um, you know, I've been flying there for a few months or whatever. And I, and I started off in magazine work uh, when I lived in Muncie. So I, I kind of already had a, a little bit of a thing going. Never video, though. And anyway, so I'm the only guy at this field flying foamies, and I'm new to town. And then here comes this guy, Mike, who, with a big 1,600-millimeter P47 foamy. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and he wasn't a member of the club, and he says, hey, um, you mind? I'm thinking about joining this club. you mind if I, like, try flying the, this field? And I was like, sure, as long as you let me fly that. I was totally kidding. Oh, he totally let me fly it, though, and it's been on, like, Donkey Kong ever since. And then, you know, me and my – I tried to do a YouTube channel a long time ago when I was in Muncie with my wife filming. And after two minutes, she started <laughs> snapping and it wasn't happening. So uh. Mike, we became friends, like, right away. And then he uh, mentioned the YouTube channel, and I was like, 
yeah, because I knew I had tried to do that before. And mm-hmm. then that was the birth of RCA Training Command at that point. Well, go ahead, Mike. Oh, yeah. Um, I had just uh, finished up uh, flight training. I've been flying ever since I was 11, real air, aircraft. Oh, nice. So uh, when uh, I got out of college, I went to uh, university, um, Andrews University, one of the best flight colleges, I think, in the nation. Um, I was putting up into anywhere from four to six hours of flight time a day. Mm-hmm. And I just got my jet training uh, on my multi-jet. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm hot out of school. And my a good friend of ours, he was almost like a father-in-law to us, he had passed away. And I was supposed to get a big, huge, ginormous um, RC aircraft. And he ended up selling that in the estate. And they gave me, they said, they said, you know, we want you to remember us by, and they gave me a foamy, um, oh, was that E-Flight Super Cub? The one with the brushed motor in it? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. The blue and white one, like LP, like long play. Isn't that what that stood yeah, for? Yeah. You go like, like forever. Long yeah. flight. And so I, I'm flying this thing around and I had no problems whatsoever. And I flew it constantly. Mm-hmm. I had like batteries they were constantly on charge go back out fly it because it was only like 100 yards from from where i was living with a big parking lot and so after that it was like man this i'm really into this this has got the bug so i had three or four aircraft and that went to 10 went to 15 about that time i met ryan and it was i had no idea there was a it was, it was love at first sight. <laughs> it was, I had no idea it was a local Love. Everybody telling me, hey, but turn road, you know. And all the fundamentals of real aviation fits in the package of RC. So I when I found Ryan here, I see him rocking the Hawker Hurricane on grass. I mean the grass was like that high. Wow. I mean it came up windshield practically and he's he's greasing it. I, yeah, sometimes. I a mean, lot of nose overs on that but, one. Yeah, but he's greasing it. So when, he, asked, when he said, you know, hey, you're gonna, you can fly, but you got to let me fly, fly your airplane. It's like, well, if he can handle that, he can mm-hmm. handle this. And that's when I mentioned to him, I said, you know, I'm only at this point only because of the fundamentals of real aviation. So when I told him, I said, let's start a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But this time, get into the fundamentals of aviation and yeah. tell them what we're doing, how we're doing it, you know. And, and that be, and, and that was like just a seed. I'm going to jump in. That was just like a seed. And then and what had happened is Mike and I were really the only guys for the most part flying electrics there. And so when the new kids would come to the field, that's what they wanted to fly. Mm-hmm. And after we taught two or three kids – uh, how to like get going and recommended like micro start with a, ch- a ch- you know, after doing that a few times, we're like, you know what, we're on to something here. This works. Like let's uh, get it documented because I was doing magazine work and really kind of thinking about, you know, always like the review or the next model and Mike's, you know, and we both are always in the beginner's corner. Uh, and I think that's part of the culture at, at motion is to just stand alongside uh, the modeler, no matter where they're at in their journey. But um, that's where I think the RC Air Training Command part came in and probably set us apart because here we are flying, you know, what I'd call hot roddy kind of warbirds and mm-hmm. the jets, but like totally fine to do a series with the champ and tell folks kind of how to treat it. And, you know, some some key words from it I'll still remember is like, 
whittle this infinite sky into a manageable chunk of airspace. <laughs> somebody would take up a hundred dollar uh-huh. champ and not be worrying about the consequences. Mm-hmm. We told them to always treat that thing like it costs $300, even though it can bounce off of the wall and be fine. You still need to get your vocabulary as to how to read the plane, what it's telling you on its way down. Cause the trick everyone must learn is landings, whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. So I, I think ultimately after pattern work, that's where we wanted them to go. And right. Um, man, it, and people seem to respond to it pretty well. So that was like a big, uh, kind of high five from the community and pat on the back from like viewers that we maybe were onto something. And, and it's hard for me to watch those early videos because I don't think I appreciated the viewers time as much as I do now. Like I talk so fast now, but I go watch the first video. we Oh did yeah. One, yeah. And that's like, Holy smokes, get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, uh, it was very customary. Well, I woke up this morning mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, I know it need to do and it just went on and rambled and yeah. as we got better and better we said you know what let's let's skip all this up right. and just right to the yeah and uh, after you, go ahead i'm sorry no mike i just had a quick question for you because i obviously don't have the extensive training you you have uh in the real That's world of flight but yeah. i do have a, a pods license now you said you took to it right away and had no problems now i i was exactly the opposite like i knew exactly what the plane was going to do and how it should be flying, but my thumbs wouldn't work correctly between my brain and my thumbs. And I'm like, how is this so hard just flying a foam RC airplane? Like I should be no problem. But I like for the first month or so, it was horrible, like absolutely horrible. But you took to it right away and had no problems with it. Um, I think it was number one. It was the aircraft because Mm -hmm. this is a real light foam type. Number two was I wasn't the guy who sat, you know, off to the sideline and watched it fly in a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I was a kid, we had those goofy, just the worst aircraft ever. They were fun. But those U-controls. Yes. You know, where you mm-hmm. had, we had a Stuka. I remember this. <laughs> oh, my and gosh. Once that motor started, dude, you were like at mm. its at its mercy. Yes. But you would go in a circle. Yes. So when I flew, I flew around me as a U-control. Mm-hmm. So I was in the middle of the parking lot, and I just flew this thing, you know, <clears throat> in a circle. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see all of our early training command, you know, was like, man, fly in a left-hand pattern until you can – get it and then go to the right hand pattern mm-hmm. so i had just, just flying around in a circle i would literally spin with the aircraft and then yep. during the circle when it was time to come down that was my landing so sometimes i could land from well, when i was facing east or west north south wherever where the wind came from so i never had that problem but the cool thing about all the training was i knew what an airplane looks like landing i, mm-hmm. I watched the students I watched thousands of aircraft right um you know i, I just know that nice descent yes. rate yep and yep. that was the key now when i got into warbirds that kicked my butt ah and uh and real- that was not, not so much because the way you know of of actually get the fundamentals of flying is because back then those planes sucked and yeah. they flew horrible yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yes yep that's choice. Where the, yeah, three, three, 
for me, three main ingredients for success for new flyers are are a couple of these things are what to realize. Choice of the plane, like you had a slow flyer, high mm-hmm. wing, wants mm-hmm. to self-correct, good choice. Your odds of success are so much better with that rather than a, a Thunderbolt being your first plane. Oh, yeah, for sure. And right. then to realize you're not in it and you don't have gauges. So you have to learn to see what it needs. And, and again, the, the slow high wing thing, what that buys you is time to, uh, to read what it needs mm-hmm. rather than you can stay ahead of the plane rather than two steps behind that way. And so you feel like you're getting more out of it. Like somebody might luck out and bring a warbird home before they should be flying one. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't, I don't think they feel like they ever really own that flight. <laughs> They're just lucky. Yes. The funny story was, you know, I, I met my mentor, my flight mentor. This guy flew in Korea, um, was shot down by a MiG in a P 51. Wow. So this fellow, we, we connected, and he was kind of like, um, who's related to my wife there. So he, we just kind of connected. So the funny thing was he gave, I bought an airplane off him for 25 bucks, which was, get this, a foamy body with a 64 motor on it. Oof. And it was gas on a foamy. What? Two worst combinations. And yeah, sounds crazy. Yeah, it was a Piper Cub. And wow. I flew this thing, no problem. Um, it was weird. And um, that that was cool because I did the same thing like I did with the with the electric one, but the bad thing was every time you took it up, the the foam would absorb all the excess uh, uh, grease and oil mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. from the exhaust. And he said, "Well, you're gonna paint it." I was like, "Okay." So the only paint that I had that wouldn't eat foam was Rust-Oleum black. So I painted this thing black. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? (laughs) I just need to make a circle. So I put Japanese uh, suns on it, just sort of orientation. Uh I flew the crap out of this for about three days. When he came by, he goes, no, Mikey, no. That's black. You'll never see it. It's like, I'm having no problems with it. I took it up, and I could not see that airplane from there on out. Oh. And I quit RC. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I think guys have a lot of uh, more than one beginning story lots of times, yeah. especially yeah. the older so, they. And I, it drives my wife nuts because, you know, I went from just regular pilot's license, which I had for a long time, and then um, I got into extensive jet training mm-hmm. things through Canada when I was stationed there and stuff. And then when I came back, I decided, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to be an airline pilot. So I went to Andrews University. Um, we're spending 800 bucks a day. Right. I mean, it's an hour on twins, twin jet. So I was getting my jet training. So all together, my education was over 180 some thousand dollars. And he still doesn't know Jack. And, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. And so, so what do I have to show for that? I fly RC airplanes. <laughs> I saved the money and just went right to the yeah. plane. Yeah. So my wife is like, why didn't you do anything with that? You know, because when the airlines, when I went for the interviews, mm-hmm. you know, it's 10,000 bucks for, mm-hmm. for the for, flight safety training. Uh, yeah. For 24, yeah. 25 uh, flight hour per month. Yeah. I was like, uh, not this boy. Yeah. You know, I, I can go and push plastic through injection molds for, 
you know, five times of what you're paying me. And so yeah. that was like the farthest. I mean, I'm, I'm standing around with an ATP license, but, you yeah. know, rating. But <laughs> hey, I, oh. I can't I can't say too much. I was right there with you. I went through all the flight training and did a couple interviews. And I, and this was back in the uh, uh, early 90s. So it's the same way, $10,000 for your flight safety, which didn't guarantee you the job. And then you went on reserve for three to five years, making twelve to 15000 a year. I'm like, are you serious? And so I went to work for an airline making double the money, you know, double the money. I'm like, there's Isn't something wrong here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they treat those guys like they're driving a Greyhound. And it's like, yeah. You got precious cargo every time. You got to pay these guys right. Yeah, I agree. It, it was tough. So I I hear it all the time from you know my mom. She's like, you spent all that money and all that training and dead <laughs> end. Yeah, yeah, dead end. Hey, when I and you know it wasn't until what last year or less than that when I found out you could actually beat on the passengers. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, if you're on like what. Mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, if I would have known that. If you don't like somebody, you can just drag them out yeah, by the ankles. No big deal. And beat them yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> That's you volunteers, right? Said yeah. we beat the competition, not our passengers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on a little bit. How did you guys get involved with Motion RC? How did that all come about? Okay. Yeah, it was strange because I told Ryan after about like our fifth or sixth episode of RCR Training Command, I said, you know, one day somebody's going to find us. Yeah. And I said, it'll be about two years. It'll be two years. Well, yeah. Somebody Sounds was like, like yeah, we like what you're doing. Come aboard. I've told this story so many times. It I was have less down. than what? Nine months. It was, uh, Yeah, for real. I got the story down pat. So yeah. 2012. I think it was September, we started RCR Training Command. Nine months later, we got the keys to the castle at Motion RC. And and, and we you know wanted to bring people alongside and teach them how to fly, but also like love the hobby. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, I already had the magazine thing, so I kind of know how fun it was to like get models that maybe you wouldn't have bought anyway on your own. So you, you were always, without really trying, pushing your own envelope, which was cool. And, and so... I saw online, there's so many people or websites that came by, but I never paid attention to, but I, I, I got to tell you, so Motion RC popped up out of nowhere, probably on the forums, mm-hmm. and they were going to carry, they didn't have it yet. Uh, I'm not even sure if they were open or just teasing the store or what, but they were going to carry Rock Hobby from FMS. At the time, this is 2013. Mm-hmm. At the time, no one carried FMS, but um, can we say names here? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. But, but uh, Banana, Banana Hobby Banana. and oh, Nitro. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't, and, and people were really loving those planes, but they weren't supported very well. Yes. And the fact that this new company had this exclusive rock hobby from FMS that no one had heard of uh, was very exciting. And to me, it meant that, well, they must have a relationship with FMS. So that means maybe uh, we can have. Uh, some great support for that stuff finally. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to him as a magazine dude who wanted to do the exclusive on critical mass, uh, that rock hobby, the first one. And we began talking at that time and became friends and they're opening up the, you know, they're really just setting up the infrastructure at that time. And, um, they, 
so so that's how we forged a relationship. And then it was months later that they put out. Uh, this is my favorite part. They put out a, a call to action on the website where they were looking for videographers. Um, but in the meantime, if they didn't find one, if they used your video to represent a product, you were going to get credit for that plane and, you know, do whatever you, you know, buy another plane, try to make a video. So we were already making videos. We kind of wanted that job, but we knew we had some ground to gain in the way of just like, oh, a portfolio, so to say, I guess, or just learn how to do it. You know, I was a magazine guy and photos were it and then writing the article. So the video stuff was really in a way new to us. Mike already had a love for camera and stuff. And we were all of RCA training command, except for the last few videos were uh, junk camera. (laughs) But so, so eventually, so there was another fellow who was making pretty good videos and we kind of thought he might end up with the job. And um, so we just wanted to like get models before he got them. And, and try to make video. So we, our first video for Motion RC, I swear I spent lunch money on this plane. I mean, I was counting quarters to buy that uh, Dallas Darling from FMS, that P-51B. Mm, yep. And yep. So we worked that thing up. We call it our blue period because uh, like yes. Picasso did like 20 paintings or something in this blue period. It took us 20 times to get the video right and figure out the new camera for that plane. Yeah, what happened was we had a flip cam. So we got <laughs> we were talking to the owners a little bit here and there, and we cameras came up and said, hey, we got great camera. And so I ran over and bought a camera that night. <laughs> <laughs> but but the so you know it, the, was, it was a 60D from Canon. So mm-hmm. all that we still was, use it, I think. Yeah, we still use that. Yep. And um the weird thing was, you know, I had no idea uh video from that and so it's like well i gotta find a stabilizer i gotta find you know how are you gonna get it into the sun and that because it, there was no auto uh, an auto mode on that for video so i'm rolling thumb for aperture every time i get to the sun i'm stopping down I'm so stopping this was so i'm gonna stop this short yeah. so this was like a long period of trying to figure this out we must have filmed that plane 20 times just trying to get the video to motion so maybe we can win credit to do another plane. So while this is happening, we're actually upstairs at my old house in the office trying to figure out footage or all of a sudden now we're using Premiere Pro. So he's got to show me a little bit how to use it. And we're upstairs and then Mark or Tom called uh, or messaged and was like, hey, you guys have time for a conference call? Um, let's call Mike in. I was like, you don't call Mike in. He's sitting right next to me. <laughs> let's do this. And so they asked us right then and there, if we want to, this is a great story. And if they wanted to, uh, if we wanted to do video for them and they wanted to, uh, the first question that, which never will fade from me is that they asked us if we wanted to merge, like be huh. like motion the air training command. I was like, no, that's too long. We'll, <laughs> we'll just do we, you know, we like what you're doing and like, this is awesome. And kind of, this is the thing that you, you want anyway. And they talked about branding and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, let's not confuse things. We're not going to merge with you. We'll just like, we'll be come on yeah. board and yeah. like, do you. And at the time it was, and, and another funny thing is they asked us, so, all right, cool. You're going to do video. Um, do you guys, since you have the planes already, can you do photos too? 
and me and Mike looked at each other like, are you got to be kidding? Yes. Because that's what we had been doing already. Sure. He was, yeah. Once I moved here, he became my photo guy for magazine work. Mm-hmm. And so we were already doing photos like and loving it. And I said, while you're at it, give me the keys to the social media castle too, because nobody was really, um, I mean, these guys were grinding it out on their own at the beginning. I mean, right. at the beginning, these, the owners were the guys in the warehouse picking the orders, mm-hmm. shipping them out, doing everything. And yep. customer service. Everything. And, yeah, I mean, works. so nobody had time for doing social media. I think somebody's, it would have been Mark's daughter was helping do uh, Facebook at the time. And so I, I could kind of tell that the demographic wouldn't be re- being represented. And Mike and I were doing that thing on, on our own with the RC Air Training Command. Um, we had a video went, I would say, viral, actually, in the in the realm of RC. And that's when the eureka moment hit for me on social media. Somebody shared Horizon Hobby or Park Zone or somebody shared our, our 25-degree Park Zone Archer flight to their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And it got like six or 7,000 views overnight, which yeah. it don't see is a big deal, right. especially back then. Back then yeah. And, and uh, I was like, oh, like click. It, you know, honestly, I had never been on uh, – the only reason I got online was to shop airplanes. Before that, I was off the grid, and now look. <laughs> so we took the keys to the social media castle at that point, and YouTube and all that. Right. Hey, real quick, uh, you guys were talking about the FMS planes, and I went through that phase there for a while because, and it was probably you're right, probably around 2013 or something. I couldn't wait all the. You know, on a daily basis, I was I was searching the net or going to nitro planes, waiting on what new Warbird FMS was going to come out. And you know, we started with the the P fifty one, then we went to the forty seven, and you know, T twenty. I mean, we went through them all. It was and like then you went to the P fifty one eight more times. Yes, <laughs> and then they do like a V three V four, and you're like, oh, we got to get that one. It's updated. And yeah, they, they were a little underpowered back in the day. And uh, but man, for yeah. a large foam warbird, you couldn't beat what you were getting in the scale and the, especially the price. And finally, there were no other choices. No, no. And I and I got to give props to FMS because I think it really made a lot of the under, other manufacturers take a good hard look of what they were doing and putting out and their pricing. And it was just amazing how things have turned around since you know, FMS it's came, funny. came about. It's funny because I got the, I still have the V one that I fly. Wow. And, you know, and it was my third V one because I couldn't understand <laughs> every third flight, the thing would fall out of the sky until uh. I learned on the, on the second one. Oh, you got to let this thing cool off because. Yeah. The oh has no yeah. Flight. Yeah. And every third flight, what happened? Captain Mike, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but when you pick up the pieces, it's well, it seems to be working and yeah. tape it back up, glue it, you know, and it got it got heavier and heavier uh-huh. each flight. Yep. All the sticks and glue. Yeah. <laughs> what needed to claw? The you know. ESC. Oh yeah. yeah. And my my thing was a landing gear. About every third landing gear 
or landing, I'd rip the gear out and I'd have to fix it or bend it back and glue it back in. And that was probably the, the demise for me. I just got tired of, you know, cause we really don't have no good uh, runway or anything here. So we were always landing on grass and, you know, back then they were still trying to figure out the landing gear for them, big, heavy foam airplanes. And they just were not up to the task. Well, look at that first first video. I was so excited about it. I think the very first video on RC Air Training Command, which is called like Pilot Ryan and Captain Mike's RC Air Training Command now. We don't do a whole lot there. I mean, uh, our efforts go to motion. Mm-hmm. But that very first video speaks to exactly what you're saying. So the Hellcat was – Oh, yeah. I, I mean, the same thing. Like always fixing the landing gear, and mm-hmm. I finally got tired of it and put like some big E-flight – 25 to 46 size 100 degree rotators in it and that was the video at that point it became a tank and i fell in love with the big foamies because honestly i mike was bringing out fms stuff and i was like man fix and modify steadily i'm tired of this stuff and i didn't i didn't want to deal with it because i had a corsair when i was in muncie that i never had a good time with ever so i was kind of done with them and then Mike's bringing these big foamies out. And it's, you, you know, when you see one, you can't deny the desire to have it, right? Yes, yes. So I went for the Hellcat mm. and then was still, you know, hard to convince me till I finally just like gave up the ghost and bought uh, some really nice retracts and modded them to fit. After that, that thing was like all reliable. Mm-hmm. I mean, a tank. Yes. Um, yeah, big foamies, <clears throat> man. I mean, look at We're still doing it. Everybody's into them. I know. Uh, big and small. And, and man, look what we get now for the money. I mean, even even when you look at the Horizon stuff, I, I can't ever not be blown away by, remember the Snorton Bull P47? Man, that was yes. A good yes. Look, d- d- play with me on the numbers. 250 bind and fly. Yep. You still got to buy $90 retracts. Yes. $10 pre bent struts. Yes. $25 flap servos. You're getting up there. All of a sudden, you've got a big monster flight line plane. Yep. But now, look at you get that all that stuff now for yep. that same 250, 270 now. Yep. That's pretty cool. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, <clears throat> we used to get excited when we had like uh, high, not high winds, but more wind than normal because we had a couple baseball fields, and when the winds were up. <laughs> We could land, you know, and take off on the baseball field, and we were like, get, nice. get all excited. You're like, oh, finally, we can get off the grass and take off and land on the. But it was tight though <laughs> because you had you had to cross the school, cross the road, miss the cars, miss the baseball fence, and then drop it down yeah. on the baseball field. But, <laughs> but at least you didn't rip your gear out, you know. That's the way we were. Um, I flew in this in this. It was a softball. Well, actually, baseball complex. They had five fields there, all kind of meeting and merging. In the you center. guys have seen us do stuff there before. Yeah, and there was just telephone poles, trees, magnetic trees. You know. <laughs> yes, Mike yeah, knows about There's magnetic trees. trees. Bakers, all trees need a limb of star on top, in <laughs> <laughs> the shape of a plane. <laughs> Uh, is, you know, people would look at me and go, how do you fly in this? And, you know, I come from a long IFR template type deal, you uh, know. Oh, I'm timing my turns. When I'm over the magnetic tree, I got out <laughs> to three, you know, of uh, <laughs> the telephone pole. From there, I take a left for seven seconds. <laughs> and that's how I actually could fly and navigate through things. And that's. That was the best training ever. Uh-huh. Yeah, I include a chainsaw in my repair kit. 
I don't need CA glue. I need a chainsaw in my toolbox. Or a small helicopter. You guys ever see that one video floated around for a while? This guy uh, had a dude with him in a helicopter yes. and they went down to from a tree. <laughs> what do you do? Rappel down Same and pick it up? No, he picked the tr- he picked the picked plane the out of the one. tree yeah. and oh, brought it back. That. Oh, that was fantastic! Fantastic! Crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, so you get involved with Motion RC now? Then it just from there, just completely take off. And and at what point? I know you guys do some testing. At what point did they say, "Hey, you know, do you want to help us? You know, do some testing or?" Uh, how did that come about or get involved with? Well, I, I think what happened really was just you plug along. Like we got – so so we're past the Dallas Darling. They ask us to be the official videography team, and we're like, yay. Mm-hmm. And so we start plugging along and doing a bunch of uh, really planes that already existed. Um, and And then they brought on some other guys. And, I mean, honestly, as far as testing goes – we we don't personally me and mike by the time we get them most of the time they've mm-hmm. already been dealt with mm. now there are times when we get a a lot of times the early uh model so we can work up media to build the the pages out gotcha. you know yep and so most like our close relationship with free wing and flight line there's really alpha is on it so hard there's really no bugs to them mm-hmm. we've done some other I'm just going to say other company stuff where I got one and it, there was some things wrong that we um, got fixed right away. And actually no, no one ever had to suffer. Uh, there may have been some other minor things on it, but that's just modeling can take care of that. So the testing, I would say really in a way isn't our thing, but I, I'm really proud of this though. We um, really worked hard to make sure that, we put our best foot forward with products that we were going to represent. And what I mean by that is worked hard on free wing through the owners and alpha to let us have, um, early sample, early models, be, mm-hmm. be some of the first media on the stuff because it is a business after all. And discernment is huge. So you know how it is. This guy's, we all feel like we have to have the next plane, but you truly don't. Right. So if you got one video that exists from, let's say, China, where they're flying it in the worst color sky, 30 mile an hour winds, and they <laughs> bounce it and land upside down, mm-hmm. three months later, when that thing shows up in a warehouse in the U.S., you already don't want it. Yes. So we, that's, I, I suppose I put that in a marriage with testing. Um, really, it's just kind of the, the marketing end of it. Again, we don't really debug them. Their alpha's already done the work, man. Yeah. When, when they're when we get them, they're ready to go. Usually, right? We're and, first off the line. And I got I got to hand it to Motion RC that they actually care about the product before it reaches the customer. Good. They yeah. literally think about the customer. Mm-hmm. These things are version three and four by the time we get them all ready, but they right. just don't market something that's not ready. There's been things where we had conversation. What about this plane? No. It's yep. not good enough. Well, what about this? No, we tried that. No. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what about this one? We didn't like the owners of that particular company. We couldn't work with them. So we're not carrying that line. <laughs> so it kind of got narrowed down to when you're, when you're getting them 
plane from motion, mm-hmm. it's already been whittled and why it's in in the um, you know in in the actual selection. Right, right. Well, so the the homework was done before that, mm-hmm. you know, before or reaches that instead of saying I want to buy up everybody's stuff, you know. That's yeah. kind of um, cool that you. Oh, sorry, no. no. I was always an advocate, though, that I always said get everything you can and let the customer decide. But when it gets to that point, you know, let's let's give the customer the best of the best. Right. So that's basically what. It was the whole basis of motion RC, and I think that's why it's so successful. Yeah. I was just going to point out that I know even talking with you, you're like, when a new plane comes out, where you're like, yeah, I'd wait for version two. So the <laughs> fact that you point out that it's version two or three with them already when it gets in our yeah. hands is a true testament to the quality of the product yeah. that they're putting out to the customers. Yeah, there there are some companies out there, you kind of know who they are, though. They bring a plane out, and you're, you're like, like yeah, ah, I'm just going to wait for a little bit or, or something. Yeah. yeah, so that's very... Uh, cool. My other question to you guys, how much do you, when, uh, maybe not always if when you're filming or whatever, but if you're out pre-filming or, or getting some flights in before you decide, you know, what we're going to do with this, do you have other people checking the planes out or looking at them or maybe even take the sticks? How many times do you find like maybe somebody wasn't interested or did, wasn't on, you know, like looking at this plane? until they actually seen it in person, looked at it, maybe even flown it. Does that happen much with you guys? Well, yeah, I think it's yeah. the reason we exist. I, I think I think what we do is take it out of the box and off of the web pages. Mm-hmm. And I think our I, I've always thought like this with what we do. Um, because hobby shops can't, they just don't have the real estate to have every one of these planes on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that we feel the duty to be everybody's eyes as if it were something you could walk into and see. So that's what the flight with the builds, we don't do builds because you guys aren't smart enough to figure it out. We're just proud of this stuff yeah, and like really want to show it off. And, and also again, meet you at the hobby shop, which doesn't exist. It's online for us. I mean, you gotta the warehouses are huge guys. You couldn't, you'd have to have a mall to <laughs> have this stuff like available to peruse, you know, and browse. Yeah. So we feel like that's our job. And, and as far as like uh, swaying people, yeah, I think that's what the, the videos definitely help. Um, you know, we're, mar- we're marketing guys, kind of like yeah. inadvertently. Um, right. So, and it works because we just generally have a good time, whether it's a jet or a beginner plane, like we're having fun and it's real. So yes, I think we completely sway people to uh, get excited about planes. They want to wait and see what we think of it. Not only that, it's when you get the variety that we've got to fly, you know, it's funny because we put on maidens, how many maidens per year? By the way, we start filming right away usually. Yeah, oh, it was fun. It's when you were leading up to that question. We don't have we time thought, to practice. Yeah, we thought you we were going to ask when do we, you know, show when we start flying it. It's like when it got built, we're already filming. Wow. Yeah. A lot and of times we'll uh, do the first couple flights um, are photographs. Yeah. So yes. when you see video, it's the first time I'm ever pouring into the power usually. Wow. Okay. okay yeah. So real- because we. We got real jobs, so we yeah. have opportunity to get it done. We get it done. That's the only reason we're still in the game. Yeah. I mean, I think most of you thought we were full time for the longest time because of our 
our output just because we're nuts. Um, <laughs> you don't sleep, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's my next question. Real, I used to edit all the time. Uh, my next question to that is: I'm curious because I know back in the flight test days, when when somebody was going to send a product, they're always like, "Please send two because we know something could." happen and we oh, need a back goodness. how does that work with you guys if you're pulling it out of the box <laughs> one plane so i i know you guys so have you've got run to buy in, them all like they're a thousand dollars i understand <laughs> so i know hey. you guys have run into some problems with that or had a crash or all had right, a mishap check this out all right we get one and believe it or not we get one and you're right we have had problems and both of us are um, really good at fixing them <laughs> because you you guys have seen flight reviews of stuff that's been completely crashed. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll rebuild it, fix it. Um, we had to borrow on the A4. We had a hard time uh, at first just because of miscommunication on uh, CG and like neutral up elevator kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we completely uh, hose that one on the first flight. And of course, this is the only one in the United States at the time, except for John Barnes, the magazine man. Yep. So John was done with his work. I think I got, I was like, John, I need your landing gear dude, because <laughs> we, we can fix this thing, but uh, we can re, you know, we can rebuild him million dollar man reference. So uh, you know, every now and then we've got to reach out and get some help, but for the most part, I, a little spackle, some paint, some yeah. decals, like you, you never know right. when we do have trouble. And the thing was, like the A4, <laughs> that was probably about 60% That's a bad destroyed. Crash. Wow. Would you look at it, and that is the plane. So I, it took me, what, a week of just fine-tuning. And I, I had him express and, me the parts. Like it, yes. I mean, it was like a hustle because – you know, we get these things, and a lot of times we got to turn it around really quick. Um, sometimes we get to sit on them in a while, <laughs> and also winter time puts a damper on things. Like the F4, it just killed me. I was looking at it forever before we finally got a chance to get it out. Because we had a tough winter this time around. Oh, yeah, last, last winter was brutal. Yeah, Man, last winter really was Michigan, hard. You know, we are we are probably about less than thirty miles away from Lake Michigan, so Ooh. we never know weather pattern is it's yep. bad and if you ever watch a notre dame game you know you know that all the worst weather in the world is heading for that stadium <laughs> unfortunately it's coming you know over our field north yeah like cross in fact the weather here is pretty silly uh it could be drastic just within hours windiana and we know that if there's a a a uh a tornado, we all have to run to the Notre Dame Stadium for safety. Well, also, and if we the, have time off, yeah. it's going to be bad. And the reason for is because you'll never see a touchdown there. So, Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man. man. <laughs> I'm no. teasing with Notre Dame fans. Mike so. is the king of the buildup, man. It either just sticks you or, or it flies right over your head. Oh. <laughs> no, it's we – I totally understand yeah, the weather. We have Browns, so we understand oh, yeah. that all up. <laughs> Cleveland Browns oh. never get so. Stuff. So, to, I think to answer the question, yes, we crash. Yes, um, and we, you know, and when it's appropriate, we'll, we'll let everybody see it because 
you know what? You, everybody does it. Yeah. And a lot of times there is something to learn from it. They just posted the, uh, the Mirage crash in that video. Um, because you know, apparently the, I hate this, but I, I, I guess I missed that the ailerons were reversed. Oh, and, oh, we so, saw some first hands of that. Oh. With, uh, was it Scott? I was so excited Pat, to fly Pat. this thing at the jet jam That's with right. the new system. And, uh, Ugh. yeah, I didn't get I did, just a few seconds. <laughs> oh. Got it. Got it. Don't got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whole thing though, is that when we have a good array of aircraft, um, what makes us, you know, what makes it the job kind of easy is we categorize these between us for beginner, intermediate, mm-hmm. advanced, 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 mm-hmm. advanced. And if you ever hear us say, watch out for, look out for, it's our way of saying you might literally, you know, it, it's, it's on the verge of biting us. Yeah, know? yeah. With a little and, practice, you'll be rewarded right. with a good landing. That means you're going to need to. Yeah. yeah. And not so, easy you right. know and that was we we convey that i think quite well the the folks have caught on that you know but it's neat to go like yesterday go into a show and they say okay what's my next plane well where are you at well yeah, i'm yeah. here i'm here yeah. i'm here okay yeah. i've got 10 aircraft that fits that criteria mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah i always like to ask them kind of what what field they fly off of yes. now what the the other planes they have in their fleet um really like even to the point of what batteries do you already have like because i we're nuts like i know what everything takes yeah battery you know so if a guy's got a handful of 4006 s i'm not going to recommend a 90 millimeter anything to him he, he's got to stay in 70 or 80 millimeter unless he wants to take that extra pain yeah. kind of yeah. stuff you know right yeah. we it's all about value mm-hmm. and coming alongside the modeler i mean no matter how you slice it, if that's kind of the mindset and it is for, I think the whole culture at motion and with Mike and I in particular, that works. Yeah. I think we, it's so, uh, it's really a great thing to be a part of, you know? Right. Well, here's a good question. Do you guys still get the shakes when you find that one particular sweet aircraft? Is it, do you still like come down and everything, you know, the thumbs and everything are shaking? Yes. Yes. Fist bumping is t- fist pumps are real. Uh, <laughs> and that's the reward after like you know, I all the time talk about how how hard it is to hold your breath for three minutes, like on a jet maiden or something. Oh. <laughs> and then after for seven minutes after that. Yeah. 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 So absolutely nerves. I think that's it's it kind of, you know, we go through a lot of planes because we were in the business. So that's a bit of a rush that we always get to uh, enjoy. I yeah. think is the uh, the kind of nerves of a, a maiden flight, and yeah. it is kind of baller to be able to pull off maidens all the time. Like, um, it's, unless your ailerons are reversed, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like filming right away because you know, we've done this hundreds of times at this point. And um, I talked to other guys who try to do some video stuff, and they they mention uh, you know kind of how do you do that as well just a lot of practice um hundreds yeah. hundreds of and them. every time we you know we bring out a new product there's 
thousands of more maidens after that because no matter where we go is I just bought that. See you guys, awesome. Will you oh, set yeah, up yeah. my plane for me? Oh yeah, oh, that was, yes. that's even worse, right? Because yes. it's not your yes. plane. Uh, <laughs> right, Chris? Yes, Chris can we argue with that big time. Yeah, I've so run so into that numerous times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when it comes there, but the thing that uh, I think that's because you're with me, <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Can you say this? Blows us away the most about this. The overall egg of what goes on is we would pull something out of the box and we're thinking, man, this is going to bite. This is going to hurt us. You know, where I'm scared, I'm nervous. Whatever. I mean, we got to look out for this. Look at the shape of it. You know, yeah, right. You kind of have a preconceived notion, like. Uh, of what it's going to act like. And then all of a sudden you fly it and go, oh my gosh, this yeah. is so, this yeah. is, there's no, what was I scared about? You mm-hmm. know, what the, man. Yeah. And yeah. that goes to the top of our list. Right. And there's a lot of unsurprises are, are so fun. out there. You know, you look at it, you think it's going to be just kick you. And, and then uh, you're like, whoa, this thing's amazing. Like, I mean, one that stands out to me is the, uh, what's that thing called, man? Nemesis. Oh yeah. It looks like it's going to be kind of wicked to me. And it was like a doll baby, but you know, back to the, like a thousand maidens afterwards into the kind of hobby shop mentality too. It's like, I know I talked to a lot of guys who just have their own preferences for setups, throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't even look at the book. Yeah. Um, that's okay. But we go with the manual because we, uh, we know we're a point of reference in a way. Like yeah. folks love to know what they say. And a lot of times it's like, okay, I'm on low rate on everything, but I like high rate element. And we'll tell you. And that, man, it's just the best. Yeah. I'm just having yeah. fun. And and I think people just love to hear yeah, that. There is so one ask thing, away. There is one thing that we learned about customers. They will not read their manuals. <laughs> <laughs> well, manuals are just someone's suggestions, I always say. I mean, you don't have to abide by that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the speed limit, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's the point? It's only $300. Why would you want to know what you're doing? You know, if it was designed by the designers, you know, our personal designers, it's done. It's they've already through the whole whole thing, you know, and we still get kind of the early days taught people to ignore the manual. Because sometimes I was always in Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) I had a hard time reading some of the manuals. There's a P.A. In the industry, and I'll tell you what that is. If you don't know, it's pre-alpha, right? Oh, so pre-alpha manuals, like definitely take them with a grain of salt. Yes. <laughs> Post-alpha, you know, BA is before alpha, PA is after alpha. After alpha, you can those books are pretty good. They're yeah, like, um, yeah. They're a little bit sensitive on throw, but you can always dull it down a little bit. But yeah, pre. Yeah, you, that's a good good analogy. Or good. And, and watch out now. These you know, at this time, we still come across customers who go, "Well, I don't like that. I'm going to move my batteries here, and I just mm-hmm. now put twelve ounces of lead." Oh, yeah, <laughs> you just go yeah. right there and check your throws and go. I yeah. default to nose heavy all the time, anyway. Just as a matter of uh, the the, like I said, we're always on our first flight sure. with the. And it's a safe way to default. Uh, Mike knows that after I finally get a few flights on something, I'll kind of start moving it back a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah. get rolling. And and it's it's safe. I mean, it's safe. I mean, if the thing's a brick, obviously you're too nose heavy. Yeah. But 
normally and some of the long nose jets you you got to move it back for sure but like as far as like warlords or civilian planes like anything prop job you're you're Forward. default to the nose and you're usually good and Good. you can always use the prop as a third wheel, you know, that, that you know. <laughs> <laughs> the nose over <laughs> break. Yeah. Do you, uh, from your customer's standpoint, do you get a lot of, especially when it comes to CG, because, you know, you guys are flying on your, uh, your Amaral batteries and I know that this current generation battery is super light. So I think I've heard you even comment on a couple of your videos saying you've noticed the difference between like X battery, you know, first generation Admiral and second generation Admiral and trying to find that CG. Um, yeah. so when your customers come back and say, Ooh, I had to move mine back. Are, are you know, are you having that conversation as well about saying, Oh, your battery is probably like a couple hundred grams heavier than what we're flying with. It's hard to say because we don't take a lot, you know, we don't, unless there's like an issue where somebody wants to directly talk to us and there's been True. some okay, yeah, questions. We don't, we don't hear that, um, on, from like the customer service guys, but I'm sure it's a thing. I mean, CG is what I mean, go on the forums and search CG anywhere. You want to pull your eyes out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the debate will go on and on for, forever, how to measure it and all, all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, there, I mean, of course, there's a difference between the, the first generation of those packs and the, uh, <clears throat> the second. And, man, again, it's like whenever I'm nervous, I default to Forward. nose heavy, which yeah. means I'm start with the. Maybe the older generation packs. Nice. You know, when it comes to CG, though, um, you can train your eye. What most people don't understand is what CG does. The center of gravity is actually where the plane rotates. If it banks, it's at CG. If it if it pulls up and you know you you've got a nose up or a nose down, that at that CG point is where the plane is rotating. It's your fulcrum point. So if you're watching an aircraft and it kind of has this weird flutter, (laughs) just find out where the thing rotates at. And they say, no, it's rotating back here or Mm -hmm. back there. So you can train your eye and you'll see that in the landings, just Mm -hmm. the way it, especially because you're at your slow flight close to a reference is the ground. You can actually watch that bounce and watch that nose do that little ticker, right, of how much you need. That tells you right there where CG's at. Most folks, I don't think, really understand that that point can be moved for the rotation. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their reasoning behind it, too. I'm going to say this. Um, for me, it, it, there's all kinds of tests where you do the 45-degree dive. You can do, well, how is it inverted? You know, the airfoils are made to fly straight up, so I expect fully to have some down pressure in inverted flight. Unless oh, yeah, I'm right. I plane or like a 3D ship. Mm-hmm. But for where the rubber meets the road on CG, to me, is, is about really kind of maintaining safety of the model. So power off, what happens? What does it do? Yeah. What's it do? How's it follow? How's it glide? Like, let's say landings or you, you fly yourself out of battery. What is it in? Is it feeling natural? Uh, gliding down to the runway or are you having to hold it off too much or are you having to put in down stick um, to keep the nose right and not follow or not fight the stall? I just made in the, um, that Piper Cherokee a couple days ago. That mm-hmm. thing's awesome, by the way. And uh, 
you know, people don't believe me sometimes when I say that because they're like, ah, come on, you guys are like jet dudes. I'm like, no, we're like, like <laughs> everything, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. You're, you're so the, yeah. the first flight, I was nose heavy because it was the maiden, and that's how I roll. We know this by now. <clears throat> but it was awesome. Very predictable on approach, predictable out of the power, hold it off, stick it monkey pants, Velcro tires, perfect landing. So I, I'm like, okay, let me try a 2200 instead of a 2600 and move it back a little bit. So it's coming in fine, but it's never wanting to come down. Mm. And the nose is up and I'm mm. wallowing, flirting with the stall. It's just a workload. I mean, it, all of a sudden, a great predictable approach becomes a whole lot of work. And there, it was dead calm. So if it were windy, it'd be even worse. Right. So it's, what do you want to help maintain the safety of your aircraft where you're not fixing it a bunch is a nice, steady, solid approach with a, a bit, no, I don't think nose heavy, but forward CG range. So everything feels natural when you're coming in. You know, the uh, you'll have you'll just stick it with a certain airplane where it's like, man, this is perfectly balanced. Yeah. It feels so good. The landing looks dynamite. And it's like, that's what I want to see out of everything. And so you should be tweaking your planes to give you that. Um, Man, the big spitfire we have, like I finally got it to do what I wanted it to. Um, At the beginning, I mean, it flies like just awesome. But I didn't like my approaches. I was like, man, it's wallowing around. It's too floaty. Yeah. It's like I need to give it a little down mix or get out of the mix or something because I know what it can look like. It's just like – and then I'll stop. Um, the Anybody ever play golf and you hit the ball perfectly like once? Just like once, like the best swing ever straight, hard, just perfect. It felt different, felt like just a great swing. And you may never be able to do it again, but you're always trying to. So that's that's the way these landings are for me. I mean, uh, I, I think of that MSP-40 as my favorite landers, and that's what I try to get out of everything else, Warbird anyway. Yeah. Hey, I want to jump in and get Andre in the conversation here a little bit and jump on Jets. And I'm sure he's got some <laughs> questions. Jets, yeah. Jeez. Um, now we've had we've had <laughs> long conversation with Alpha, and the you know for a while for a few years the Jets kind of seemed to go away. I don't know why, and now they're starting to come full circle. Obviously, in the last year or so, and they're coming back. And you guys probably earlier in, in your RC career, you know, Jets were kind of hard to fly. They weren't very good. And the turnaround these things have done as far as, you know, flying and the power and everything, it's just unbelievable. So I just yes. wanted to have you guys talk a little bit about what's your thoughts on the new generation of Jets and what you think of them and, and where they're going to go uh, in the future here. I don't really think that it has much. I mean, it does. But the when it comes to a jet, you cannot – they're just not – all of them can't accommodate grass. I think we're seeing a big influx on jets because most people now are putting down geotech style uh, mats in their mm-hmm. clubs. Mm. So now that just opened the whole ball game for foamies. 
and and it's it's inexpensive to get that mat put down and yeah. we're watching even in our area these these mats are going everywhere yeah. so i think that was what was holding people back that and the size i mean yeah. if you know and kudos to the team at you know motion and alpha for thinking of the grass guys right a lot of the newer jets of, of course the early jets were so small um, i never wanted to mess with them and you had to be on a hard surface. So now we're seeing retracks that are really grass ready. The planes are bigger, the retracks are tougher, metal reinforcement plates, metal trunnions, all these good things that allow a jet to rotate, plus the power is there. So you're in the golden age on jets where, yeah, more runways are around, but also the jets are, there are more options with them and they're more ready to get off the rough and tumble. There are still some that I say, not so much a good grass option. And then some that are like, yeah, wherever. Yeah. But where jets are at now and where they're going, I mean, it's it's so fun to watch this happen. Um, I really wasn't flying jets before the 80 millimeters came out, like um, because of runway. Because mm-hmm, they were exactly. small, they had little tiny wheels. Yeah, maybe they didn't have retracks either, and uh, most of the time they didn't have retracks either. And, right. and then nobody seemed to have a good time with them. Like if you went on the forums, they were always like problematic. <laughs> yeah, or, or like a ton of like big money, yes. big money batteries, and not very reliable. And with the eighty millimeter F eighty six and the A six Intruder, mm-hmm. that to me is the benchmark that signifies motions in the game. Here we go. Those were nice size uh, aircraft. They had suspension. The, the suspension, even that, that's a thing we have now, is is like a dream come to reality for me. Like I put suspension struts on the Snort and Bull from Park Zone. <laughs> Because I thought it was a good idea uh, and fun because I knew I was moving from Muncie to South Bend where there wasn't going to be a runway. I got me some, they were actually uh, suspension struts for a jet. So, so to see that stuff now is just awesome. And then you are as a designer, I'm going to speak for him a little bit. Alpha, you do have the authority to help us out. And by that, I mean trailing links, slightly bigger tires than scale, mm-hmm. um, moving things around that only a rivet counter would notice to make it fly and be a good experience for the modeler. Because, I mean, really how they fly and perform is ultimately what's going to help sell them and be fun uh, in owning one, you know. So I don't think I answered your question at all. I've had That's, like three cups of coffee. Yeah, and no like, problem. Just, yeah, I'm but, just zinging. But I like jets. Mike, you like jets? No. I love jets. Uh, They're fun. There's some jets. great stuff in the future that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people are starting to migrate to jets. So the questions we used to get in the way of like warbirds or what plane, what prop plane to get next, you're having a lot of guys ask that now about jets. Right. How do they get into And it? I think about character on the jet. It's like, okay, again, you ask the qualifying questions. What's your experience? What are you flying successfully? Are you flying warbirds? What What are you doing? Because there is a difference in handling a little mm-hmm. bit between what I'd say like a sport jet or even a sport jet shape 
yeah. versus like maybe the Delta wing or wing root glove kind of situation. So can you track, can you visually track this thing? Cause you're going to want to keep your eyes peeled for your three minutes of terror, right? That so. too. That too. And a jet, you start thinking seconds. Yeah. 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 Ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. It's not um, a lot of folks, the problem, which we got a video coming out and I think this is going to be the pivotal moment of, of what folks puts into the next class is it's situational awareness. If you're flying a warbird or a slow bird where you're just so zoomed on the aircraft that you can't visually, peripherally see the the um, surrounding coming. the ground, the treetops, <laughs> you're not going to be successful on a jet. You've yeah. got to know the whole situational awareness and adopt tracking. You know, I always tell folks, you know, fly three inches above the trees, and they're like, "Well, pinch it." Far out mm-hmm. above the horizon line. Yeah. Now you get that track going across, you know. And so it's a different style of flying when it comes, you know, to a jet. Not only that, the, the crossover jets, F-86, it's very close to a warbird. Mm-hmm. And now you're getting into a jet. You don't want to jump into a T-45 after flying a Spitfire. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, <laughs> a, a mirage. Like, right. The, the sport jets, the F-86, something that it flies like an airplane are great segues. Um, <clears throat> definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you don't want to bite off too much. You can choose or you can chew. And then you don't also want to undermine yourself. You know, well, I've been flying these big warbirds and okay, I'm going to go to a jet. So I'm going to just pick this three channel hand tosser. Yeah, you can play around with that, but I think you're a little bit more expanded than that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, speaking of that, I wanted to uh, get your opinions on things, and I'll, we'll talk about a little bit more. But uh, Bill Decker made a good point, and we've been harping on a lot of these um, RC companies about this. One of our big things, and we really like, are belly landers. And they were around for a while, and then for some reason, everybody wanted all the bells and whistles. Had to have the lights and the flaps and the retracts and everything. And I, I still have belly landers that are probably 10 years old. You know, I'm sure you guys maybe have, like, I got a Wildcat. I got the P51BL from Park Zone still hanging that, you know, I like to fly. Hey, put that thing in a nosedive. Listen to that prop howl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just bends, and, and, I, and I got a... <laughs> I got a bad uh, aileron servo on it, so when I go into like a right turn, it sounds like guns, and I've never <laughs> changed it. But uh, you know, so we were really harping on on these companies, and so I think when Motion brought out these small hand launch jets, like Mike Coolens, for instance, sitting across from me, <laughs> loves jets but never wanted to fly them. He's like, uh, they're like, you know, death to him. Or like, I don't want anything to do with a jet. And part of it was like to your know your surroundings thing and know what's ahead of your where you're heading, you know, yeah. like a good good ways because so, I couldn't keep up with them. So when these small that. hand launch jets come out from motion, and an affordable price, an affordable right? price, you did from, have that yeah. fear factor. Of, well, I'm going to wreck a three hundred dollar plane. Exactly. Yeah. So ninety nine dollars. I mean, and what you're getting as far as looks. Uh, fun. You can pull it out, chuck it in the air. You know, you're, you're not shaking with fear because you just have a, a $300 jet or with, a, I, with an inexpensive battery. So what's your part too? Yeah. So what you're saying is you can t- toss it and boss it. 
Yes, exactly. Yes. And maybe down the road we'll see. I don't know if Andre has posted it yet of a maiden flight with a $500 jet that uh, <laughs> I, I know he was sweating bullets and, and just real close to completely wadding this thing up. <laughs> you know, these things, we've we've augured them in the ground how many times already? Like we have the uh, the 105 and the P-15. They, those are two of our favorites. The simplicity of it yeah. and, the, and the enjoyment you get out of it is just mind-boggling. So I think with something like this, too, it's going to bring a lot of people that are interested in jets that we keep saying, you know, stay away from jets for a while, stay away from jets for a while. You don't maybe need to be an advanced, a good intermediate at this point. Yeah, so what do you get? They're a good segue for sure Mm -hmm. Um, because they they will train you. They're not heavy and, and you don't maybe get the kind of the landing practice out of them, but you train your eye on orientation and they're quick and they're yeah. small. So, uh, and they're super fun and you're right. Like they're very affordable. And, and I think the success of that series will be a, is a good indicator that there's probably more to come in that right. way. So they definitely have their place, but there's people like me out there who are handicapped when it comes to those type of jets. He can't launch them. <laughs> I throw like the worst girl ever. Hey, you can't say that these days. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, girly <laughs> man. I'm like, I mean, I'm just my arms all twisted. <laughs> One of these things, either I throw it straight into the ground <laughs> and let go, you know, at when it's nose is pointing yep. at the ground, or I let go of it way back here. And now the thing's in a spot. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, I'm terrible at throwing jets. You need the buddy so. to throw you then. Yeah. That's, that always you know helps the, to keep on the, the trick is to launching these things. Nobody ever thinks about it this way. I don't think. But I think the trick to launching these jets is act like there's no engine. Mm-hmm. And you want it to go as far as like, you can like chuck throw it. a paper plane yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Airflow like straight, you know, arrow javelin, um, and throw it hard and crank it, you know, yeah. um, yep. A little bit of, uh, you know, I always, you know, talking about the nose heavy thing on, on those jets, I always give it a little bit of, uh, usually the book, first of all, is right on as far as recommendations, but I, I always give it a little up trim or a little more up trim oh, yeah. at neutral. Right. Yep. And, you know, worst thing that happens is I back out of the throttle a little bit or, you know, give it some downstick till I can get sorted out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was definitely better to say some sorry because I throw right handed. I'm not going to throw underhanded or left handed. I'm a right handed guy. So I, I my hand is on the throttle and the rudder, which those things don't have. So i got to give myself time to get back on the stick. So yes. that's why. At up trim and throw. making it more complicated, man. <laughs> I throw it to my left. Yeah, but uh, I I agree on the one of uh, the up trim and the one hundred five. Boy, did I when I crashed my one hundred five. That's exactly what happened. I just ran out of elevator. I'm like, this is crazy, and, and she went. Oh, so, yeah. But now I fly those things exclusively on thirteen hundred three S's. Forget about the twenty two hundreds. Forget about the sixteens or eighteens. Thirteen hundreds. Yeah, you're not getting as much flight time. But you're not overloading the fuselage and getting a lot of nice, you know, it's, it's a better very, flight. Isn't it's it? very predictable now. So it's like, okay, because, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, the, the P-15 I did because I was inverted and goofing around over top of Fury Field, right? And then with the 105 was just purely not enough up elevator and too heavy. So now it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's gold. I think the 
1300 to 1800 is where you want to live on those. I, I think the 2200 is is just if you have nothing else. Yeah. I just think yeah. it's a little too much for those airframes, but yeah. I mean they can do it and some guys like that. Well, you got to remember too the, that the light is so fun. Sometimes you get more flight time out of a lighter battery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's that delta. Yeah. Right. As you start pushing a battery, oh, I'm going to, oh, you know, I just now put a 25,000 milliamp battery, <laughs> you know. Well, now you just added enough weight and you're going to get the same type of flight yeah, time. Yeah, you suffer weight. You weight. know, there, there's a point where it cancels each other out. Yeah. And, you know, when, you, when I'm as desperate as I am, I will put bigger batteries in because I don't want to shut the day down. You know, I want to keep going. And I was like, oh, I got all these packs. Yeah. Hey. Oh, well, whatever in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you start cramming and whatever and hope for the best. But as far as the battery, you find the one that works best for you and buy a whole bunch of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with the light packs for the photo ops on those things. And and like when we were doing the uh, skip and go challenge on the 105, mm. it's a fun video. Uh, oh, I think we were going with light packs on that one too. Yeah. Dude, that thing survived it. Yeah, I think survived it. What I, I like has no retracts or anything yeah. to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> Speaking of retracts, though, you know, we're still not at the best design yet. I agree. Now. I agree. Why? I, I hope Alpha listens to this because I have this conversation with him before. <laughs> Alpha. We, we have to. We have to. Yep. Yes. Stop putting grub screws on each side on a round surface. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they should have a screw going all the way through, mm -hmm. uh, okay, yeah. and and have a square. It's okay. I will lose some of the um, aesthetics. We'll make the whole trunnion all that one square. Piece. Yeah, all yeah. one piece. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that can still be done to uh, for these because I think the weakest part still in any in all of our RC industry is the landing gear. Absolutely. Weakest part, I'm not gonna hide on that. That Absolutely. is, you know, it's pretty sad when you're when you're flying, you know, any anybody's product, mm -hmm. and the wheels start swiveling. Once they swivel, all you need is a good ground loop to do mm -hmm. some damage, and yep. right there starts the series of unfortunate events because now you got a wingtip missing, you glue back on, never get it right, now you got a flutter. And from there on out, it just starts getting worse and worse and worse, yeah. and worse as yes. far as right now. But there is so much that can be gained on just getting the right the right landing gear. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I hope that the the advancement actually gets there. And I think it will but for some reason, I think out of the whole industry that we saw, that is the last afterthought. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I hope that changes soon. Yeah, we've, we've found out over the years, too. You know, again, we fly off of a pretty rough grass field. And, you know, unless we got some high wing bush plane with three inch tires, you know, a lot of the warbirds, even after six months, like the landing gear is just almost pretty much toast. You know, it's wore out. It's wiggly. It's punch of the wing. Yeah, come exactly pulls out after. And you're right. That's and that's one reason why you know I, I love the the belly landers uh, because you one can less thing to do. Yeah, with. exactly. It is okay. not. You know what's great about the hobby is there is something for everybody. Yeah. Yes, and 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 even you know. 
I think depending on weather conditions or where we're going to go for, honestly, most of the time when I go out, it's where I'm working it. Um, but I know Mike flies at out of town all the time. So he's, he's flying like different stuff, smaller things at, mm-hmm. at this out of town place he flies. And then also at our field, like the bigger things with retracks and stuff like that. There is something for everybody and, and for each occasion. I mean, yep. when George Baker flies when he's out of town to keep up with his consecutive run, he's, uh, you know, he's not bringing the F4 Phantom. It's a micro or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. So there is something for every time and place and what you're feeling like. And I definitely appreciate the um, low pucker factor mm-hmm. times. <laughs> yes. You know, what's funny about flying a lot of jets is – once people are to the level where they can do the jets and fly a lot of them, what they'll realize going backwards is how much fun uh, warbirds and civvy and yeah. micros and smaller stuff can be just to chill out. Because yep. like I say, man, three minutes is a long time to hold your breath and it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of adrenaline. But um, it is so nice just to kind of mellow out on a T28 sometimes mm-hmm. or a Cessna or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Radian. <laughs> yeah, Radian. Or a glider, yeah. you know, like yeah. that Wildcat. Planes, yeah. I'm glad they brought that Wildcat back because it never should have left. You I, know? Agree. I agree. I agree. Because folks will come over and they'll, they'll, you know, friends or whatever will kind of come over. I have two or three of those, by the way. <laughs> uh, they'll come over and they look at the big collection that I have and they say, well, how do you know which one to fly? And I've got two answers for that first one is what batteries are ready all depends what movie i've just watched <laughs> <laughs> what car you're driving we i go from one extreme to the next i'm at our field that's fine that's great i got all the big jets out you know big warbirds and then i also work at a, a medical facility at a hospital so to sneak out in between patients you know I'll go into the parking lot and, you know, I'm, I'm flying micros, I'm flying uh, hand tossers and things like that. So it all depends where I'm going to and how many people show up to fly. It's funny at the place that we're at, you know, we have to be careful because the real meat wagons come in, the flying meat wagons. We got mm. the, the uh, you know, they're going to land on the halo pad. Yeah. So we got to be very careful. We can hear them coming, you know. But we're out flying in this, and now we've got a local community that comes out and starts flying with us in this particular parking lot. And it's awesome, you guys. I decided, you know, come on out. And we actually got like a a little club in the worst place ever. Oh my gosh. Hey, that's funny. That reminds me of uh, what is it, Discover RC? They got the like, they won the award for like worst place ever to fly. <laughs> it's so, but they, the, the, the ton of guys show up there and fly. It's like, it's great. I love watching that. Hmm. So, I mean, that the, the hobby is great. Right now, I've been rocking out that E Flight um, Sesta. Really? The little put, one, yeah. Oh, really? Man, that is the top best flyer i think has ever came out of a box not only that i ended up putting the um timber light kit on it uh-huh so nice. this, you know we get out or you know 10 11 12 at night or whatever i'm flying this you wow know? so scale with the actual strobes on it and we filmed it 
oh man, that thing is just a sweetheart. So we, I still get excited over even some of the simple, small stuff. Mm-hmm. Totally excited over yeah. it. And that's the time and the place. Like, you know, when he's out of town or it's late at night, I mean, it's, you've already flown all your, you know, jet packs out and there's a Cessna or, or, or some of the sex case stuff is a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Andre, you got to have some jet questions here, buddy. Let's go. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I, it, it's kind of funny because I was going to ask, you know, George Baker even popped this in too. So what's your favorite plane? You know, and we already know the answer is probably going to be like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was going to say out of all the jets that I've flown, um, Yak 130 is really my favorite one. Nice. And you, but you actually, got the big one. It's it looks. He flies the little one too all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. as you can tell. <laughs> oh, I saw that video. I saw the video. <laughs> oh, that was so good. And they sound so good. I wish the folks uh, out there in YouTube land could hear what we hear when we're flying these because they look at them, they thumbs down and go back. What? Uh, you know, man, it sounds incredible. It really. The, the jets sound absolutely. Yeah. Incredible and Nerf holler whistles. The shape of that yak Ooh. just sound. I mean, even the little one sounds like it's got an end runner in it. You guys saw yeah. this, right? Where are you gonna put that? Choo <laughs> choo. Oh yeah. <laughs> that in. That's gonna go in the front of my A10 when I build it. My scratch oh. build A10. <laughs> this is sound awesome. Put a, you gotta put a servo <laughs> in front of that so it blocks the air. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's it's funny because um, I've got like I mean sitting behind me I've got my F5 and that's that's partial because I'm Canadian so that thing is going to long term that's going to see a really awesome paint job and that's part of me enjoying my hobby uh, and then I've got the Yak but it's from the 130 as well but it's from FMS and then I've got the Hawk and ironically enough I've not flown the Yak the Hawk or the F5 yet but I bought the Flex. So it's my first 90, and I flew that right away, you know, just because it's like I got to break this precedence of not actually having time, you know, and buying aircraft at really bad times of year as well. Um, oh, yeah. But I flew the 90, and as Chris said, I landed, I was just like, you know, the, the handshake was going on. Yeah. Because it's like, I did it, I did it, I did it, we did it, we did a second run, uh, you know, and I got to work on my landings because this poor aircraft, I, I think I've already stretched the spring on, on it, so I'll work on that. <laughs> but, um, and, and some other, you know, and it's part of it. You know, I'm going to beat up airplanes. I already know I'm going to beat up airplanes. <laughs> but um, working working through, I, I can't, I have to say, I love the sound of the 90, which is a bad precedence to set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. It's just all of them are just, they all have their different little, little right. nuances and yeah. special. And so it's funny because, you know, like, uh, what, a couple days ago, you know, you put out the 626 video and I'm like, that's what I want, yes. you know, but it wasn't available. And, yeah. and, you know, I could, I couldn't get anything out of motion in time. Cause I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in the States. I'm going to bring home something. And it was funny because George was like, I was just driving poor George Baker crazy asking him a bunch of questions. Cause I was really seriously considering the A10, but, uh, we didn't know if it would fly in my airspace. Well, I just flew like the crazy fast, you know, uh, flex jet in my space and it slows down. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe next year because the shipping costs and everything. But yeah. uh, you know, I, I love. I, I'm thinking I like the big aircraft because it's visible as anything. I'm sure the Hawk and the Yak are visible as anything as well. This actually, I've seen this guy fly because I bought it used. 
the um, the, the the Desert Cam F5. Um, but I, I don't want a great plane. I can tell you that. But I've got a feeling the H10 is going to be trackable. The thing that I love yeah. about that 105 color scheme is night in the evening time when you're in the shadows. Yeah, got the dark sky, but the sun's still shining. Yeah, that thing pops. So yes, yeah. it is crazy sick how it pops. I love it's it's that. fast. I, the F5 is a good time. I I think every time we take one up. Bigger does fly better in a way. Um, you, you've everybody's heard that said for ever, um, and, and part of it boils down to uh, this: the more time to discern what they need, but also the, the character and all that seems to benefit from uh, the size increase. As long as the weight doesn't increase drastically as well, wing loading again is huge. Uh, the F five, I would love to fly a bigger one mm-hmm. um but that one is super nice it's one of my uh favorite 80s um and that flex jet probably how's that go man um what is it fly <laughs> nice and light it, i mean it's i, it's I was designed to be a great kind of what f-16 kind of sport jet f-18 deal. it's got a little everybody's like a, it looks like a was a t-50 or, or something like that uh but to me it looks like a mix between an f-18 and an f-16 it's got the, the the running lead up of an f-18 and the intakes and the back end is all f-16 um, yeah but it flew i mean it took off the rollout was long uh, longer than I was expecting, but I wasn't putting a lot of back pressure, and then it just flew great. Um, and I, I spent a couple times trying to figure out the retrack, so I've changed some stuff in my radio after some advice. And then coming in, all I need to do to make this plane just right is just get it down sooner, because I touched down midfield and it just kept going. Like, <laughs> oh, stop! Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so uh, let me ask you, let me ask you something, and this is the I, I think fun part about jets and and talking to guys so for instance if i land the mirage like a warbird and kind of glide and follow the nose it's gonna be hauling the mail it's gonna be so fast yeah so a jet can fly slower than it can glide if you're pushing with throttle and holding that nose up yes that's that's the marriage you got to figure out and mike says it all the time man michael said as soon as he gets out of the base leg he's got his nose up he's in his landing configuration the whole glide slope and and it's he's not playing with the elevator he's playing with the throttle throttle. Mm -hmm. and and that speaks that's really where you can slow him down otherwise you're going to always be going too fast by the time you hit the wheels yeah and and you're either ripping up your gear or you're bouncing back up I love it. Mike says it when we're flying him all the time. He's really good at keeping that in mind. Uh, uh, set your attitude for landing as soon as you get out of that base leg and yeah. push on through with the throttle. And also, people, you guys know that everybody wants to ask, what's your um, throttle setting for landing or there approaches? There's never one. There is never one, right? It's, it's, it's you've got a headwind need, or not. Yeah. What you need at the time. We, we had a ball with the um, – we did an A-10 touch-and-go landing deal the other day. I don't remember if it was on motion or our stuff or both or what. but um, And you can tell that there's no one you, – you know, guys actually reached out to me. I talked to one guy on the phone. He's like, dude, thanks for that because I, I was always trying to find one setting, and I can tell it's just all over the place. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm out of the throttle a little bit too much on the approach – 
you'll hear near the end where I, I cram the throttle in to save it, to keep from crunching it in. Or yeah. every now and then you will get one perfect where you're steady in the throttle the whole time and able to maintain. But it really is just learning how to read that communication from your plane and kind of think ahead and know what to expect. It's like, wait a minute, I haven't been in the throttle for a long time. I'm liable, <laughs> to, get, I'm liable to get stung if mm-hmm. I don't like feed yeah, something. Yeah, a little bit. There's two yeah. things that I, I look for uh, we're in the jet. we got to remember, when you're flying the real deal, it's pretty much George set it. Baker, set I it, see you. Set it, <laughs> got it. I mean, there is a pinpoint uh, airspeed that the plane is coming in at, and there's a pinpoint yeah. rate of your aircraft. Uh, I've been in situations in some of the aircraft that I've flown, we're 800 feet per second. That's, that's how fast we're traveling. Ooh. You're hauling in, yeah. You don't mess around in military, in military jets. So the thing is, you know, we don't have those gauges when we're coming in. Or so breaks. it's all about just pure throttle management. And a lot of folks say, "Why well, you put whistles in there?" That's my airspeed indicator. He hears I love that. that. I love that territorial. Oh, I gotta put. I gotta put. You know, I want that solid tone. I can't stand la- I can't stand landing jets when a gasser's up because I can't hear yeah, the engine. You know, yeah. and you can tell by the throttle setting of when the plane's going to regain its speed and mush. You know, uh, when a gasser's going, it's you know we got a lot of gassers at ours, especially when they're warming them up on the bench. Oh right? yeah, yeah, Damn. yeah. But, man, it, those turned mm. into bad things. You know. <laughs> but you know, it's all about the descent rate. Period. Yep. Yeah. It's descent rate. And, and another point I will make too with with the jets is if I'm a tail dragger kind of fan, I love my tail draggers. So it's funny because I hadn't flown a, a trike gear, and then and you know, well, let's go, let's fly the flex, and let's go take off and land. I have not done a trike gear landing in months, and I'm like, oh well. So I don't think I did too much carnage on it. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's one of the things to be aware of because if you're not used to that, you know, oh yeah, let's bring that nose in just, you know, because I want to touch that, don't want to hammer the front gear. So it's, uh, it's one of the things I I will get used to. And and we made the point in the in the chat. It's you know, it's a two minute flight with a one minute landing setup. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Mind right? It's funny uh, how fast that goes. The first time I realized, I used to, when I was learning how to fly, I always landed everything really fast. Uh, this was back when I was flying GWS airplanes. Oh, yeah. You never landing gear on them anyway, so it was all hand launching. And I would just glide them in, never flew them in. So every time I landed, I'm popping the cow, I'm breaking stuff. This is a belly lander. And then I watch some of these Horizon videos where the dudes are flying like the Wildcat or the that BL gunfighter mm-hmm. Mustang, and you know they plopped them in real nice and slow, nose yep. up. Yeah, they're flying men, and I'm like, oh, like it all all of a sudden light bulb went off. You know, you don't have to <laughs> glide these things in and and slide 50 feet and just hope mm. you you don't break stuff. And so you take that mentality to everything else, you know, warbird, whatever. It was the Pawnee that taught me that because when I first got my my uh, my E flight, the Brave Knight Pawnee, I couldn't land the thing because it was so floaty. 
So then I learned, okay, full flaps, the nose is coming in like this, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. a downward angle. And I'm like, you're coming in. And it was, yeah, you had to drive it into the ground because it didn't want to land, you know. And so I got really, really familiar because at first I hated that airplane and then I got really good with it. And now I don't even want to give it up. So it's like, you know, let's go flying, let's go night flying with this thing. And it's just, and it wants to be a race car. So it's just beaming around, touch land, switch the battery, let's go again, you know. Isn't it the best when a plane? I, I mean, I kind of enjoy when a plane um, Fight you does a bit. present a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I would have done the hobby if it were easy. My first. This is a good conversation. I think like uh, <laughs> my first plane was one of those Guan Li, ninety percent pre-assembled, ready to fly from Banana Hobby, <laughs> brushed gearbox, uh, uh, nickel metal battery, 31 inch P47, had a guitar string for aileron linkages, uh, never returned to neutral. I didn't know a thing about it. And they sold these things as perfect for beginner. Uh. And I believe it because it was $85. Every time anybody within a mile radius cooked a bag of popcorn or opened a garage door, the thing would glitch out <laughs> on seven megahertz. <laughs> I had three of them before I had it right. And it, absolute worst advice ever um actually it was good advice but i never took it because i was like ah, i grew up around aviation i'll be fine and so um guan lee p47 wow <laughs> the, the worst first plane you you wouldn't tell your enemy to get that <laughs> zero zero nose was like five times longer than yeah. a normal zero nose <laughs> <laughs> and so I, bad. And I hate planes that want to land at zero but stall at ten mile an hour. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I can't get hate it down. those type of aircraft. You know, that's yeah. a little ridiculous. But I gotta say though, that the stabilization in some of these receivers yeah. are, are game changer. Game yeah. changer. No. I mean that's Lexus never would have been out without it. Yep. And, you know, it was neat because we took a Avanti uh, uh, receiver and stuck that in the free wing F-22. So it has safe mode. No, now. the Valiant. You're the, talking the about Valiant. the Valiant. Yeah, Valiant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the Valiant right in there. V-word. Everything worked. <laughs> neat. I say? Avanti. Oh, yeah. Well, like, what okay. are you talking yeah, about? Yes. <laughs> Valiant. Yes. It's got a V in it close enough. Yeah, yeah, close enough. I don't speak Italian. So, you know. Uh, but I mean, it just changed the whole game now. So yeah. some somebody with bad eyes can actually land that. So, so we got a couple of old old guys that now are flying some pretty good jets now because they're putting these receivers in. They're not even made for them, but they're yeah. just yeah, that's nice. You know, if uh, when you all the the jets that I've flown in fast jet, there's five, six, seven, eight flight computers that's keeping that steady. And why can't we have that in the RC? Yeah. 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 We we have one girl we fly with here, Chloe. She's been on the show a little bit. She almost, yeah, yeah, she absolutely almost refuses to fly any plane without a AS3X or safe receiver. She says, I don't understand why Horizon just doesn't put them in every plane and then have the option. If you want to use it, you can. If you don't, forget it. You know, she just, even some of her home built planes, she has bought. Uh, like the AS3X receivers and put them in, you know, mm-hmm. the, the big oh, gassers and it, 
she yeah. says, I won't, I won't fly without one. And I, I don't think I've ever used one with it actively. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm not a huge proponent of it, but it saved the PT, uh, the PT-17 and the Commander. I had some weird CG stuff going on, and it flew fine, and then I got into a windy day, and it flew remarkably different. And I, I had a full tail down situation, so I'm like, fine, let's turn on safe. I've got limited control, but at least the back end is up so I can bring it in and land it safely. And, you know. At least with the PT seventeen, the rest of the industry, the rest of the community confirmed that it needs more nose weight. So I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it was one of those right on the edge, but not enough to fly correctly. And as soon as I went up, I'm like, this thing. As soon as I would slow down, the back end would just start dragging. I'm like, no, no. But mm-hmm. I think we put a penny in the cowl or behind the cowl or something. Just a minute, just just that hair, right? That hair yeah. difference, and it's like I'm like I'm running a bigger battery. This shouldn't be a problem, but yeah. Dude, and hey, watch Mike's PT17 video we did at Motion. He was flying in a gym, and he he made he got a three pointer with it. I did that four times that day. For real, <laughs> it's a, that video is hilarious. Uh, the E Flight PT17. Mike Mike flew it in the gym. Wow, dude, go watch it. How do you? How do you slow that thing down enough, man? Oh, you're talking the big one, or are you talking the yeah, mic? Yeah, 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 the big one, not the little one. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, oh. Yeah, you wouldn't fly the big one in the gym. No, no, I was going to no, say, no. wow, that wow. must have been a big wow, gym. Mike. <laughs> but no, when a receiver sorry. can give you an extra <laughs> 15, 20 mile an hour wind For real. in a crosswind, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, God. Why wouldn't that you take just, it? Yeah. That just now increases the flight time and the safety factor a whole lot. You know, um, they've made them very simple yeah. to deal with. For, for us, what you don't get to see on camera too much is a lot. It's very, very common for us to take off in the east and have to land in the west. Mm. You know, yeah. uh, the, the wind change is so drastic here. And that that helps us out quite a bit. Well, a lot of times it's a north uh, cross, which is 90 degrees. Um, mm. so you pick whichever way you want to come in. Like the, most folks I think would agree that people like the left hand approach. It just feels better to everybody. Yes. But we're all the time having to do, um, actually when we have to do a right hand approach, we'll usually cheat. So we're doing a left turning base, mm. even mm. though it's a right handed pattern, we're doing a left, especially on a new plane. Something yeah. that we're learning. Once you're up to speed on it, I don't care which direction I got to come. Actually, it's fun when uh, when there's no wind at all and it's shooting touch and goes at nighttime. I will land both directions mm-hmm. to get the most out of my touch and goes. Yeah. Both, both ways, yeah, dude. Yeah. Take off and land. I mean, just just turn around. Turn it over. Yeah, I love it. Depends on the plane, you know. Yeah, jets need to keep their energy enough where I, I maybe won't, but. Um, the prop jobs, man, just turn around and <laughs> come back the other way. Yeah. So fun. That's Best funny. We, we had a whole podcast there for a while one about time like about left-handed. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, we were taking calls and stuff. More comfortable for most Yeah. It's like, why left. is that? And why then even left? Left? We were trying to be you. left-handed yeah. people. Go ahead. I love this. I, I love this. Here's my theory on why partly. Okay. Okay. When you're a kid riding a bicycle, mm-hmm, you can get into a left turn and you can feel like one of those motorcycle dudes just down in the turn. You feel just like you got it good. And if you do lose traction, you just feel all right. But if you turn right, no matter how low you get into that turn, you always feel like you're going to 
flip out of it over the top. It just never feels as cozy. Yeah, there's a reason why NASCAR goes left. You never feel like you're nestled in as much as uh, a left for do, whatever reason. Do Southern and Hemisphere people the, rotate the other way like a toilet water? <laughs> do they fly better? So if they're right? below the equator, <laughs> they, go, they right. go right comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. We got friends. We can find out. <laughs> the left lots of friends down there. Is the way it's built, especially on a prop. It's because of the rotation sure. of the actual prop that, you know, that counter rotation that you get in a right, you needs a lot, a heck of a lot more rudder. Yeah, yeah. the P factor. Yeah. It looks know. a little, it's like it's already coordinated for you in a way, feels better right. maybe. I don't, I don't think that's why we like the left as much as yeah, our, our, our mind accepts the left for yeah, some reason. I mean, even really even you take all the controls, everything out of it, even just watching something, I'm more comfortable just watching <laughs> something going on a left circle pattern. Yeah, but I'm not even at the sticks. I feel more comfortable yeah, and at if, ease with it. If you're in a real aircraft, left feels really juicy. Um, there's nothing like when you're doing your, well, you know, when you're mm-hmm. doing your, um, uh, high banking turns for yep. your right? oh yeah yeah for sure you've got so much back pressure and mm-hmm. so much rudder in yeah. that that nose from dropping off the horizon yeah. and that's just that's the spin of the air you know the spin right. of jets are the same way there's a spin to them so mm-hmm. but since it's so aft uh, and that slipstream isn't on the outside of the aircraft. You know, it's all relative when there's no right. So that way, it's, that's why rights feel a lot better than in a prop. There's plane. so many philosophies. Oh, on yeah. it. It's hilarious to hear all of that. <laughs> and if you ever watch, um, there's some really good uh, aircraft uh, World War Two videos um, of the uh, warplanes on top of the deck of a Navy ship as they're taken off. Watch that spiral of moisture that comes off that prop. Mm-hmm. It spins around the whole entire aircraft. Well, it's hitting that tail on the one side. Yeah. And that's another reason why you're getting this weird, you know, uh, you're counteracting it when you do a right. So, I mean, it's, it's the way the aircraft's built. It's, it's, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Hey, we were wondering, uh, George brought up a point here. He says, Dave, throw the PT-17 battery tray in the trash, put the battery all the way forward. But, you know, I was wondering, we had this discussion, uh, it was several, several podcasts ago about um, Horizon and E-Flight and the AS3X and everything. Curious to know some of these planes, how good they are if they didn't have AS3X, if they would just be an okay mm-hmm. plane, you know, or just, or not maybe even average, but with the AS3X, it makes it a great flyer. It, you know, if that's something they're doing and they're testing the where. You know, some of these people do not like AS3X or safe. They do not want it. We'll buy it, take it out, put their own receiver, sell it or whatever. But I'm haven't yeah. really heard through the grapevine is without that, how how well uh, these airplanes are flying. I think that they prop. Here's my just basic take. I think that they probably are just fine without it. Mm-hmm. I think that they benefit from having it. I think where you really see this matter is the micros. Oh, Do you for guys sure. remember micros pre-AS3X? Yes. yes. Under camp wing. Those things were – they weren't fun for me. No. But now the micros are this – I feel like it's a bit of a hybrid between a micro 
in a park flyer because now what we're getting out of the micros are these uh, airfoiled surfaces. Yes. Jet servos, airfoiled tails. Now, these planes without AS3X might be a nightmare. Yes. So I think this new generation of micros exists only because there is AS3X. Because otherwise you had to... That it's so sensitive. It's so sensitive, I would think, being that Twitching. small and stuff. Yeah. It takes that it's out It's the of difference it. between flitting and flying. Yeah, I, I like totally agree. P47 micro... Um, I can't imagine it without AS3X, but because it has it, they're able to make it look legit. It's a little bigger. It's got airfoiled surfaces. Yes, there's still some under camber to it, but it's not this deli tray like it used to be. And, man, they're fun. They fly like they're big now. Like he's flying that Cessna that if it were five years ago or more, it would be smaller yeah. It would have a very thin, yep. under-cambered wing and probably no ailerons because of the adverse yaw scale. you get into. Yeah, it wouldn't look scale. Right. It, no. So I think that is um, the answer to your question. The bigger planes from probably Wildcat size up, I think they probably still fly really fine without it, but the well, smaller ones need it. You know, I go through a lot of clubs. I meet a lot of folks. And at the club, you'll always find those – three, four, five guys who have the same as, you know, e-flights as -hmm. the same, the guys find and fly, but they chose the plug and play and they got something totally different in it. Yeah. The flight character seems always the same. Yeah. Except for when the rubber meets the road, it's who's flying on the windiest day. Yes. Um, You know, the guys with the AS3X are still up hooping and hollering, having a great time. That guy parked his plane. Right. Uh, yeah. You, you yeah. can't get around that. But the airframe itself, I think they've done their homework and they got yeah. it right. Yeah. Especially if there's a plug and play type version of it. You know, right. that's yeah. I the, the the aircrafts are pretty doggone sweet. So yeah. Yeah. I and think I, they've done their work. I was just gonna make that point too. There's been days, you know, if it's fifteen or twenty mile an hour winds and I got two choices, one with an AS three X receiver and one without, I generally will take the one with the AS three X because it's just a general overall better flying experience where you're not completely fighting that plane the whole time. And Absolutely. You know. And and you know, with uh jets, I think even almost more so a deal breaker. There's there's, there's times where I was so dying to fly something. The wind was nuts. I'm like, I want to fly this thing. It's kind of new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm putting a gyro in it because I'm not going to not fly. I have a chance to fly yeah. at my A4. Like after we worked, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we share these planes, Mike and I. And so um, we call dibs on them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'll fly a lot of times. We both end up with it anyway, no matter how we get there. So after the A4, um, I had to have one. And uh, so I got one, and I I don't know if I had flown it once yet or not. I think I did. I flew it once because I wanted to make sure that the update we put out was legit, um, whether or not there was a gyro or not. And I was, like, very happy with that. And uh, so then the next time I went out, um, it was, like, it was nasty. So I was like, I'm, I'm out here, I'm flying this thing. And I put, I said, I set up the gyro right there at the field and, um, was able to fly this thing because I've got a, a gyro in it. Well, not to mention, otherwise too, it would have never went up. All planes fly at a crab, every aircraft crabs. 
I don't care what it is. If it has a wing, it crabs in real life. And mm-hmm. especially it's noticeable in, in the RC. Right. You're coming in on that landing and you've got a crab. Again, I've said these landing gears are pretty doggone good, but they're not at 100% yet. Mm-hmm. There is no, it's, it's a deal breaker when it's coming in on a crab and you actually land just slightly sideways. Those landing gears are now stressed and, yeah. you know, it, they're going to be funky after two or three yeah, landings yeah. like that. Uh, hey, stabilization helps that thing stay straight. You can yep. hit those wheels square on That's and right. you're pretty good. It, pretty if good you're not go. fighting the wing rock, you, you've got enough wherewithal to, yeah, straighten the, the load out, but rudder into a straight line so you, you can try to minimize side load. And that's what's so nice is it just it does steady things up because, man, you're coming in on some, like imagine that A4. It's like a, a Delta with a tall fuse. Very it tall. can be rocky if mm-hmm. you're – And um, that tank. Fi- yeah, man, if you're fighting. I love that. Plane. And not to mention that is a long landing gear. Um, it can oh, yeah, work, narrow. It can work in your favor because you can actually be in a flying configuration at taxi. Pretty oh, much. wow. You know, because yeah, it's so long. So long, um, yeah. That you're flying and you're actually grabbing the ground, you know. Whereas something like a T45 or where it's a little bit squattier. Well, the MiG 21's uh, low. Yeah, the BAE Hawk, I'm thinking too, and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, you, you're, you're very closer to the runway. You know, and you're going to get a bounce, you know, especially Yacht 130, the 70 millimeter, you know, that you're going to get bounces off those because they're not, they're, they're, they're so close to the airframe itself that the transition from actual flight to actual ground handling, you know, is, is a lot, is minimized compared to something with a tall landing gear. With that said, though, taller the landing gear, the more crab you got most likely you're going to stress your landing gear. Yeah. yeah. So it's a happy, you know, medium of where you want to be at. And that's why that's why anybody who's not into aviation doesn't understand why you need to have more than one, but they all have their thing. Yes. You know, that's the beauty of it. They all fly different and the landing gear configurations and all this and that. Some are better for windy days. Yes. Some you can just rudder around like a rowboat. <laughs> It'll never upset. And, yeah. and it's perfect for crosswind. Others, it's like, no, I'm right. not bringing that one out um, unless it's blowing straight down the runway. It's, it's all, uh, the beauty of the hobby is you get to know kind of these airframes after you spend a little time with them. And that's why you get these preconceived notions too on things you haven't flown yet. Yes. And sometimes you're wrong and sometimes yes. you're right. Well, most of the time you're right, but when you're wrong, it's a pleasant surprise yes. too. Good point. Hey, uh, if any of you guys out there on Facebook, if you got any questions for these two gentlemen, pilot Ryan and captain Mike, send them now. Uh, we're not going to keep them too much longer. We've had them on here for over two or close to two hours. Um, we could talk today, actually. Geez. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, a couple I things. I mean, have us back, too. When there's, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When there's something, uh, you know, like the new releases, um, recent releases, we can talk about that, sure. Right. But uh, there's, we're, we're not, we're holding it close to our chest now as far as uh, next things. Right. And and that's fantastic too, because uh you know you get the real world experience and information from you guys. Um, but what I generally like to ask our guests too, 
Um, I'm, I get several questions here, so wherever you want to start. But I'd like to know, uh, as of right now, what is your favorite plane? Uh, through the years, I'd like to know what is your, and not that maybe it flew bad or whatever, but what is your worst plane or something you did not like? And then I want to hear the best crash story. Oh, goodness <laughs> sakes. You got another two hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Goodness sake. Let's start with the first question. Yeah, let's, let's start with the first one. What What, what is, is your, your favorite, favorite plane, plane as right to now? date? Yeah, now, whether it's something you're flying now or something three years ago or whatever, what is on the list, you know, top plane? I got, I got a top five list. Okay, actually. well, let's go top five then. Okay, on the jet side, mm-hmm. um, Yacht 130 because okay. of its scale, sound, and uh, the way it handles on landings. It's just That's the 90 though, right? Yes, is. It flies way better than the 70, by He's the way. on his third or fourth one, if that tells you anything. Usually wow. Second? Okay. Second. Usually second. multiples. And he gets anywhere from 12 to 26 flights a day when I'm out flying. Wow. Um, yeah, Mike gets to fly. I fly a lot. But he and won't take so. any pictures for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you're out there more than all of us. I need content for yeah. Instagram. Let's go. Yeah. The second. Uh, the, it, it, another one for the for the top spot is T forty five. I'm not a T forty five fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching these Bay Hawks, man, the landing, gear. you know, that are just. Awesome. I, I mean, it's fascinating. Like I said, I sniffed my way through those. I had to clean those at some certain points of the vomit and the um, <laughs> and all the nooks and crannies of what happens when during training missions and things. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, that one, I'm not a big fan. Like, you know, what's your favorite plane? Oh, G45. I've always wanted to grow up and fly one of those. You know, it's not that it's because of the scale and the way it flies, it flies like a real jet, especially when it's coming in on its approach and things like that. And there's a lot of, 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 uh, tweaking on that plane where you can make that thing as solid as solid can be, but it's very scale. So that one is on the list. As far as maneuverability, definitely Suhoi. Oh, that thing is. <laughs> That's wild. Which, which Sukhoi? The jet. The oh, the Sukhoi jet. Okay. Yeah, thrust vectoring. Mm-hmm. That it's, is, it's early tech at this point, but it's, man, it's magnificent. Mm-hmm. And with the new upgrade and the motors and the new upgrade and the fan system, it actually hoots and scoots now. And it doesn't have that, that draw on the battery like the older one does. Uh-huh. Uh, the only thing that I can say that kind of uh, kind of turns me off on that plane, but it's not a deal breaker, is the spindles. The axle, axles for that particular plane uh, are very, very flimsy mm-hmm. and awesome. It's because of the foam. So that's kind of the drawback. But then you wouldn't get all that, you know, maneuverability. And then the next one ooh, would probably, for, for the scale looks, and uh, is is actually the, um, oh, what do you call it? The Typhoon. Um, oh, nice. That thing, again, it's a deal breaker because of the, of the foam. So if you haven't. You know, if you don't know how to fly a jet, don't start there. But don't, yeah, I've don't go EPS. Hours, hours and hours and hmm. hours on those two airframes that are just, you know, still going strong. So I would think that those kind of are the top. Now, then you can go, obviously, the A10. I mean, 
Yeah. A10 yeah. is like so awesome. Yeah. It's its own category, right? Right. I mean, they're the, the new generation, you know, when you look at them, you go, of course, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's great, but I like the ones that still challenge and I like the, I kind of favor more European jets than I do the American jets. Uh, that's just in my blood, you know, but I, I kind of like that, that, that look there as far as prop yeah. planes, anything goes to answer the last question of which ones I absolutely hate. Uh, I do. I hate them. I fly them because <laughs> they challenge me is the small 800 millimeter. Uh, yeah. Uh, Warbirds. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ones? yeah Those no. things really suck, but yeah. I don't have them, but they suck. Um, you you got to be at 10 mile an hour or they stall and they want to be at zero at landing. Yeah. So where do you draw that? You know, I work it out. I still fly them. I fly two of them twice a week because uh-huh. uh, they, they fit. You that heavy definitely. gyro gain those and they're different animals. Oh, yeah. Then you, they, they, they amazing. All they, of a sudden. They, you turn them into a new It's like product. a micro yeah. on roids. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I had the little 800 millimeter uh, T28 and um Man, I flew it in ridiculous stuff, mm-hmm. like with with uh, gyro in it, and it was uh, it was a blast. Well, I particularly don't like that scale and that mm. class. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes a little weight's okay if it's yeah. too light. You can't get a glide slope out of it. And when I find myself uh, with an ego in my head, like yeah, Mister Bad Butt here, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, because there's a lot of success that I have in these, I'll go fly those and go. Mm. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta work on something. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they have their place. They definitely have their place. I'm gonna try to answer this question now. Uh, so I'm gonna go categories. I'm not gonna try to think too hard. Um, so w- what do I like flying now? Is that, yeah, is that what's the, what, what's in the top of your list of flying right now? It could be all time. I mean, whatever you want. Just all you know, favorite plane, jet whatever i'm gonna go category kind of okay uh and try to rip sport jet avanti Mm -hmm. uh twin edf a10 how can you not yeah of course the 262 is awesome because it flies like a warbird Uh uh-huh and those nacelles hang low and it keeps it nice and steady yeah um not a bad segue in the twin edf actually because the a10 can surprise folks uh it's so long that that tail is so very effective and you can get yourself in trouble mm. on angle of attack if you don't have your throttle game on uh-huh. and the thing weighs something actually so the more it weighs the more you can harm it if you don't do things right yep um okay warbird man i'm gonna go with the twin That's first i like the t- tiger cat it's my wind dog I think the Tiger Cat with that monster pull is like the best wind dog um, twin warbird because it stays nice and it, it's like a high wing Cessna, huh. but a twin bad mamma jamma. So, okay. You want to cuss so bad. I do. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then warbird, warbird, like prop. Man, that's tough. I, I really do. I mean, it, it depends on flight character. If flight character is the question, or of just like romance and nostalgia. Like I love the T six, 
um, because this connection I have with it personally, like tears will come if I keep talking. <laughs> so I won't. But as far as like single prop plane, I mean, I love almost every P-47. I think flies mm. amazing mm-hmm. as far as character goes. Um, I really actually like the Spitfire very much. Um, I think when you look at a Spitfire, you think it's going to sting you. But if you treat them right, they're actually really nice. nice. Well, the elliptical wing is the most efficient wing you ever can, built. You can so, bring yeah. her in on two or you can pull three pointers out of it and it won't sting you. And I think that's a nice thing about a Spitfire. Whereas I feel like a Mustang must always be a main wheel landing mm-hmm. or you're going to be. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Civilian high wing stuff is really nice. How can you deny like any Cessna shape? <laughs> Although I'm loving this Cherokee right now. That's cool. And mostly because I took lessons. I never got my license, but I started taking uh, full scale lessons before I moved up here in a musketeer which was low wing looks just like the piper cherokee Did has you have the, to wear like mickey mouse ears yes <laughs> and, and it's got the full flying stab you know the stabilator um i'm thinking musketeer. i'm sorry yeah so i think i might have answered the question i'm not sure yeah so um yeah all right rex uh, no wait Best wait crash. they gotta go uh oh. ryan's gotta give us his yeah the hate yeah oh uh, yes I'm not my my. The, I'm not endorsed. I'm not endorsed to be able to have one of those. Uh, I I can't. I really can't go there. I don't feel like <laughs> there's got to be a plane like. Oh, he has an a, answer, but he doesn't want to lose sponsorship. There's got to be a plane out there. You just don't. Not that you like it, and maybe uh, Mike loves it, but there's got to be one out there. It's just like I just don't like this airplane for some reason. You know what? I'm like LeBron James. I, I got to be careful what I say. I'll get in trouble. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and I, and I, I'm not saying, you know, nobody listens to this show anyway, so we don't really care. But, I mean, it doesn't have to be that the plane's bad. I'm not saying, you know, you got – it's, it's just, just your preference. Yeah, you're matter. something that you're you – you're not trying to badmouth right. it necessarily, but you just don't like it. Exactly. I don't like to fly mm-hmm. that other people are rocking the crap exactly. out of them. Yeah. Favorite, it's their favorite bird. Exactly. And then there's some that I absolutely love, and other people go, you're crazy. Yeah, I like, like, like personally, at so, when I like flying it. Personally, yeah. I hated the Cub, but it's because I screwed it up. Not yeah. because yeah. The, the manufacturer screwed it up. I didn't have things set up or configured yeah. right. So, yeah. But now in my head, it's like it the, the worst plane, plane ever, ever. ever existed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff like the minute we got done with the work, I couldn't wait to pass it off. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's got one in his mind. You can just see it like that. He's fighting them in my mind. He's biting his tongue so bad. Aircraft that they 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 um not necessarily at motion, but there's been other aircraft where they're beginner planes, and mm. so you're expecting a beginner feel. Instead, they make you look like a beginner. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what do they call? I mean, what yeah. are they doing? This thing weighs ten pounds, and it's like you got coat hanger landing gear and whatever. Uh-huh. And, and no room to – I mean, if this is a beginner plane, you're going to turn people off of the yes. hobby. I mean, they yep. got to be user-friendly. Right. So some of those experiences – I mean, w- with us, I think we assess it on from the box to the, the getting the work done. Like some planes, you would build it at the field. 
like, mm -hmm. and you could. Others, it's like, man, I really got to deliberate over this one and to get it right. And there's not much to go on in the way of support, support being the manual. Um, so some companies do it better than others. So I, I guess it, in a way I have brands that are my favorite mm -hmm. and being a magazine guy, I just don't, it's not even in my DNA to answer this question. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> well, right, what, without without naming a plane, what style or, or or category of plane do you not enjoy flying? Just give a category. Do you not like high wings? Do you not like sailplanes? Sailplanes or something? Yeah. That, just give us a category um, you don't like. You know, micros aren't my favorite. There we go. Oh, okay, yeah. at least that's an yeah. answer. Yeah. We can deal with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm glad to give you something. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He always tells me, I don't like micro. It's just yeah. not my thing. Is, he's never in a position where he wants to fly a micro. Uh -huh. You know, if he was in a tight parking lot and, you know, you're coming off a 40, 48 hour shift. Yeah. Ready to fly. Um, he would love micros. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we see, you know, my day starts at around 3.30 a.m. And then around 10 at night, we're done. Wow. You know. About five six hours and that's a three-day stretch wow because so i only work up to three days a week and a real job and so then i got one day of full recovery you know where mm -hmm. i sleep mm -hmm. 24 hours, and then i'm back into the into the groove again it's a miracle that we get anything done at all yeah so, so it's a crazy schedule you know, and it's my, out of town you know wow. certain aircraft fit that description he's mm -hmm. not and there's people like me, you know, where they're going, yeah, I understand where he's coming from, you know. So. My, my thing is always the new one or the one that's coming. And and partly because I know I have to uh, perform and get to know it. Like before the A4 came, I was going out to the field and flying the MiG, mm -hmm. just practicing. Like so, like if, if there's a certain type or airfoil or kind of wing shape uh, that maybe I'm nervous about or – know it's coming I'll, I'll go fly that thing and so it's a lot of times um a, again there's no hate in it for me because if if there if it is something that puts me on my toes i appreciate it yeah for that and and the hate stuff i just it, it's so as soon as we're done it's out of my memory because i'm obsessing uh, I'm like the super customer I'm <laughs> over the next one as good or as hard as any of you. Like I, the next one that I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I can't wait. Um, that's what I'm And about. I never, I never sell an aircraft or get rid of it. I got a museum. In wow. wow. And a boneyard. And a great boneyard. Wow. Yeah. He's, and, talk about, I know Tony Ocurso will joke about how his house is, um, insulated with foam. <laughs> Mike's attic and home also is complete. The boneyard is in the attic. Yep. Wow! You never I even I even got a shed of broken wings. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to the shed of broken wings. Yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be broken dreams, but you know, learn to fly wings, again. You know, and uh, the thing is, though, I would always pull out this antique. And go back out and say, oh, remember this, you know, oh, yeah, I forgot mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. you, know, you learn something all the time and it hones the skills pretty good. But to say I hate every, you know, a particular aircraft with passion, I've never come across that yet. 
Yeah. Now there's tough. some that I like the blonde leaves zero. Oh, oh my God. That was, it's, it's <laughs> hilarious. It's, it's funny. I don't hate it. I just get it out and giggle and remember this. Yeah. Nickel metal hydride. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it works, you know, and I, I actually try to take that out and fly and you know, that sort of thing. So to, to hate, hate, no, I love all aviation. I just hate crashing. But there is one thing that turns me on in all of aviation. The uglier the aircraft, yeah. the I like it. Oh. I'm surprised motion you RC must like pink. Go hawk. No. <laughs> you must like pink a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I'm surprised we don't have a mohawk. Hmm. I mean, that's so ugly. I love it. You know? Wow. There are some really ugly airplanes that, you know, why don't we have the Italian World War II planes out? I I, I don't get this. You, uh-huh. know? you put any plane in pink and I think it's ugly. I don't care what it looks like in style. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you'll love James's pink lippish. Okay, we got to hear uh, real quick Crash. one of your worst crashes ever. <sighs> like you were almost in tears when it happened. Like the crash. I never, I never crash. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I, I, well, you know, times, it, oh, I always, I always pull from a place of re- recent. <laughs> like I'm on my fourth F four. Wow. So, and and I had a lot going on uh, to sort out, and some of it technical, some of it me. I, I'm never afraid to take the blame, and when I can't put my finger on it mechanically i'll take the blame just because you should mm-hmm. um oh, i always point at people like chad or chris <laughs> <laughs> it's their fault like it's their fault <laughs> but i mean when i kind of a scapegoat it's hard that's a hard one to answer too i i tell you there's been some that have been really um great stories that were very i wish were on video like i had a great crash with uh me and uh OB10 Charlie Brown. I had a good crash at Muncie with the. We both had two big monster P47s out there. We were flying formation, and he turned broadside into me, chopped me into like a lot of um, little confetti. We were flying identical planes, so one plane (laughs) survived, and we were both flying the glide of the one plane that survived. I'm hoping it was ours. Oh, geez. And we get over to the wreckage and it was my, his survived. Mine didn't. So that was, that was a great crash. Um, you know, I, I've had a few good ones. I, we did the uh, free wing Mustang. I did a barrel roll and I, a lot of times with my crashes, I'll call them before they happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I'll made the wrong, going in. um, ahead of time like i shouldn't have been doing a barrel roll that low because you bleed off so much i should have just stayed inverted and flew out of it but i tried to finish the barrel roll and i i did it completely i called it ahead of time and i completely put the free wing mustang in pretty hard that was pretty good mike did a good one the other day yes yeah the thing uh i'm the number one guy who can crash an airplane (laughs) by itself in midair by itself. Oh yeah, I, stress test flies the wings off. Man, wow. I've destroyed so many aircraft <laughs> just all by oh, myself geez. at high altitude. <laughs> Didn't hit nothing. Uh, the best one was the P. Uh, the uh, no, I'm sorry, the um, 
oh, what do you call it? The, uh, the Corsair. Corsair from the FMS, the giant 1700 millimeter. Oh, oh. Guys, take, of this. take this up to about 1500 feet. I'm not kidding. Don't do that. It's above the, it's above the AMA ceiling, by the way. Well, yeah, maybe. Anyways, <laughs> dive down. He was in a ditch. Right? Just dive. And then pour the power on oh, in that guy and hold it. <laughs> what you'll hear is a bunch of weird crackles. <laughs> then you're going to hear four gunshots. Literally. <laughs> right? That's the props busting and hitting the airframe, and it will split the nose wide open. The motor will get shoved all the way into the tail, and all your ailerons will come off, your surfaces will come off, and beautiful that is that is fantastic <laughs> the plane eats itself it's, yeah it just oh literally goodness. disintegrates yeah, that's hilarious another good one was he, he I love that. did you have video of that by the way god. No. oh my god oh, that's so like the best thing i ever heard oh what just happened because when these props busted it'd been hard it, to, at that height though to get on camera the air, you know, and it sounded like gunshots. And it's like, yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> and then uh, I was flying that P forty uh, seven. I mean, the, the P40, FMS P forty, the first, the first one. Yeah. In a dive, yanking, cranking, banking, in a dive, and popped its face. The cow right popped over. like a balloon. I mean, it went pop, and it <laughs> it echoed too when it when it popped. That was it's things like that that are just make me go. Awesome. We, you know, worst crashes is one story, but like not so bad ones are kind of fun too. Like Mike and I have had two midairs together, where <laughs> we still both landed. Like actually, if you follow uh, the pilot Ryan on Instagram, you probably saw the um, the uh, the debriefing after him and I were flying our our free wing red arrows, and. We got into each other somehow, and Mike ended up landing without a flap and missing a chunk of wing. But we, so we had a midair. We were flying formation in these things, and uh, but we both landed. And then a long time ago, that same P forty he's talking about, <laughs> and the E flight Hurricane had a midair where where he where I ended up losing an aileron and a chunk of wing. So we're like kind of even, Stephen now. But um, and we both landed. So, I mean, the, so those were fantastic crashes that could have ended really bad. I think the best part of those stories is that we've had two midairs and everyone still came home. was sure. pretty uh, ironic. Yeah. The week after Mike and I hit in the hurricane, a gasser hit me. Same piece of sky. I was still, I was in the, I had fixed the hurricane up and a gasser came and there was no landing after that. Mm. Like he yeah into bits i mean completely the Ooh. most embarrassing one for me was about intense. last month um we fly at this church near the near the uh, medical facility i work at and it was a sunday afternoon we had just got out early we killed all the patients early so we'd be out and fly <laughs> anyways <laughs> we're at this church that's in seven and um it's a modern church but they got a uh, metal roof on it and I would say the congregation's maybe 600 people plus. Um, it's just a huge facility. And there's windows all the way around it, so you can kind of see in, but they're kind of mirrored a little bit. Um, so if you're standing too far away, it's a mirror, but once you get up 
into the peak, you know, the window, you can see through it and notice there's people. I'm flying, uh, I forgot what it was. It was an FMS, good plane, speedy one. I'm flying through and I smack into that metal roof during service. Oh. I mean, <laughs> it goes kaboom. And then you hear, then it finally oh, falls off goodness. the side and hits. And it's right in front of this window. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> you know, I hope they didn't hear that. <laughs> so, we're, you know, all the other guys are out flying and stuff. And I kind of, you know, I'm doing the road runner, uh, Wiley Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll come up behind the air conditioners and I'm grabbing the parts behind the air conditioner because it's in front of the window. So oh. I know they're watching this arm kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, man, there's that one I can't reach. You know, <laughs> I I kind of duck around. I grab it and I look and you can see plain in day into this church and every eye was watching me. Oh. And I kind of look up at the minister, and he's not talking. Oh. Uh, this is the end of all ends. And I <laughs> grabbed everything. I kind of, you know, I was actually tucking it in my scrubs, you know, to carry it. And I kind of ducked out of there, and I thought, man, we're, we're shut down. We are completely shut down. But so far, no one has said anything. So we're lucky there. Wow, so that's crazy. God blocked that one. <laughs> so that was, oh, it, it made the horrible sound. It's metal roof. I'm sure, I, well, they, they heard it. because. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I can't beat that at all. I'd be worried about lightning striking me down. <laughs> I'm getting the pieces. <laughs> I, you know, there's one, if you go back to the, uh, the B-24, there's like oh. an ESC video where I put it in the tree. That was pretty cool. How much did that uh, cost yeah. to get back? Uh, you know what? I, yeah, I, I traded that guy goods and services for that bucket truck. And, you know, he <laughs> that was me in the tr in the lift. He lifted me up and I got it. <laughs> we got that plane. We worked it up Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Friday, that dude, I had him out uh, and we got it. I got to bring this up because we're back on trees and I've been thinking about the whole time laughing to myself. I think like they should survey what, what plane's been most in the tree or something maybe or whatever, but I know mine comes to mind as the vision air. Oh yeah. And like at the bottom mm -hmm. of the webpage, when they give you suggested hey. accessories or other things to buy with this plane, yeah. it should be a steel chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> in the bottom. Like, that would be yeah. too funny. <laughs> A drone. Other accessories you have to buy instead of a prop or something. It's a chainsaw. I think that'd be so. Or a phone funny. number for Jim's tree removal service or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, well, anyways, I've been thinking that, that in my head. I'm dying. There's been some planes that became branch managers. So. <laughs> Dude, that that B twenty four. It just. I don't know if you saw it, but I I, I was over. You know, it was funny. We had just done the work, uh, and then James used some real footage over the Palesti oil fields to tease that, like with the first video, like real footage. And so Mike and I, I was chasing. I had cameras on board. 
I was chasing Mike. He had the flight line P-38. I had the B-24. We were done with our work. We were just having fun. I was chasing him for a long time, and then I finally remembered I wanted to get that shot over the quarry to, like, kind of recreate the Palesti oil fields or whatever. <laughs> and I, I get over there, over the quarry, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm fading. I'm losing. I'm going to hit LVC. And I, I drop nose, and then I pull up. I get out of the power. You know how when you're fading power, if you get out of the power, uh-huh. you might have a little reserve buildup? Yep. And so I almost made it over the top of the tree. So when I hit the tree, I didn't hit it fast. I mean, I, I basically stalled it right into the tippy top of the tree so gently. So you're not going to throw anything at it and hope to knock it out because you're, first of all, it's at the very top of the tree. And if it falls, it's just going to get yeah. destroyed. I'm like, I knew right away this was a retrieval. Because it's like that plane costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's the only one here. Mm-hmm. And um, I want it back. You know, I don't, I don't want to just, I can't leave it up there. So I knew I was going to have to work out something. And, and there was no climbing the tree. There was no throwing something and hoping to get it without just destroying the thing. So I was resolved pretty early. I was going to have to source a bucket truck. And man, it was it was up there. Wow, that's great. That's a great. I, I mean, remember the last was in it for me though. Besides that, hmm. wow, hey, wow, fantastic stories, guys. Yes. I mean, fantastic. Thanks. Um, good time. Love talking to you guys again. Anytime you want to come on, or you, we get some new products from Motion, and uh, you want to talk a little bit more in depth. Uh, I like the different opinion. You know, we get the very in-depth details from alpha but with you guys we get the uh, real world flying experience which i think is fantastic so you guys are more than welcome anytime to come on the show just uh hit us up but we appreciate your time uh coming on hanging out uh, yeah thanks yeah we really appreciate it. we've been looking forward to it good good uh real quick too before we let you guys go we got just a couple little things we're going to continue on with but we'll let you guys go uh pump out your social media let everybody know where they can find you and see you uh you know in case somebody's first time hearing yeah. this or listening to this sure you know what we, we think the more the merrier a little bit and be, and we've got a little more free time so obviously like earlier in the show you know we we i had our own stuff going before motion approached us and we really kind of let that just sit Mm -hmm. so since now we get a share of the workload james is doing a fantastic job holding down social media Mm -hmm. and marketing and editing i've got a lot of free time now and and so we're kind of spending a little time on our original outlet so you can and really most of our effort still goes to motion rc but uh we think it all helps contribute actually to the whole thing um Mike isn't really doing his Instagram yet, but he's Captain Mike, I think, yeah. Smith yeah. Uh, at Instagram. I'm doing uh, The Pilot Ryan on Instagram. And for me, I'm loving Instagram. It's an easy way for me to like engage personally with people all the time. Mm-hmm. And I try to kind of post stuff nearly every day. And, of course, some of that same content, uh, we never like really duplicate things, but I send a whole lot of stuff to James that he uses um, obviously you can go to motionrc.com, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, and kind of access us that way. But then on a more just kind of candid kind of behind the scenes, the pilot Ryan Instagram is a good place to go. 
we've got our old uh, pilot Ryan and Captain Mike RC Air Training Command YouTube channel where kind of some outtakes might end up, and also like a Facebook page. You know, just the stuff we always had but really weren't paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So if you want to connect with us, you can connect through those avenues. Um, again, man, Instagram is my favorite. I'm on Twitter, but nobody RC. I mean, not a whole lot of people are doing it's Twitter. It's just Trump is the only one that reaches out to you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, really hitting us up for contact, like when it's definitely a motion RC centric um, thing that you need to know about, hitting us up through their outlets are a good way to go still. And and then again, like candidly and behind the scenes, I think Instagram is the best place to find me because it's really easy to do, to deliver content there because when we do have time to go make videos, we're, we're we still have you know uh, work to do with with motion, which we love so much. So mm-hmm. you're you're gonna always be seeing content, even though things are changing there a little bit. Um, it's just grown, so there's just more of us to produce. And James has done a great job taking it in the direction because honestly, I mean, we have real jobs, so it's yes. hard to keep up with yes. uh, really what is needed there. So we, Europe is online. James is here. Stewart's here uh, again, full time. He can devote to grabbing like some really cool stuff from customers. And uh, I mean, that's, it, it's actually been really nice to watch. Mm-hmm. So you can find us still through there and you can of course find us on our stuff too. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. We'll uh, let you go. We got to go do some sponsor stuff. And uh, I got a couple questions for Andre. But again, thank you very much. We hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, it was and, great talking uh, with you guys. Yeah, go out and thanks. crash some stuff so you can come <laughs> back on. I want to hear some more stories. Don't Hey, there, don't worry. There's more stories you didn't hear, <laughs> oh, and I'm there sure. will always be some. Hopefully, sure. we can. You know what? George went 700 some days, you know, flying consecutively. I'd like to go that long without crashing. Mm, <laughs> that's a challenge. Guys, thanks so much. Yes. Yeah. All we'll right. See ya. See All ya. Right. Take care. Take see care. Ya. Bye. All right. There you have it. Uh, Pilot Ryan, Captain Mike. We'll let them click off. And it, Andre's back on the screen. Sorry, Andre. But uh, they had the wide angle lens. So, um, Real quick, Andre, I know we've been on here a long time. We've got to do some sponsorship stuff, but I definitely wanted to talk to you because you have all these jets. How many well, How many jets are we up to now? Six, seven? Uh, are, we, are we talking about all of them? Yeah. All right, so say. we've got the two belly landers from Motion RC, yep. uh, and then we've got uh, the... Vampire from Durafly, which mm-hmm. I'm repairing right now because the fan got beat up pretty good. And then we've got obviously the new Flex Jet. We've yep. got the uh, FMS Yak, and then we've got the Hawk and the uh, F5 from uh, Motion RC or um, Freewing. Okay, so, and your I, I lost count. Ma- scratch build. Scratch build A10. Oh, the scratch build A10. I've got a remake. I, I shredded that up because the foam wasn't um, the foam wasn't. But you're protected. working on another it's, one, right? Kind yes, of, V2 so is in one. development, yeah. and uh, actually we were um, with V2. I've actually been talking with David and discussing how I can integrate some 3D parts into that so i've been fiddling around when the weather's junk i'm learning how to work with some different softwares like fusion 360 mm-hmm. and trying not to swear at my laptop because <laughs> uh, you know i can draw and i can come up with some ideas but to sit down and actually turn them into a part uh, and it's um 
and I've been talking to some other folks, just talk, learning about things like CNC cutters and stuff for foam board. Uh, I think for the primary near future, you're gonna, I'm going to do some work with some 3D stuff because I've got the printer here, and you know that's that's so I can build little things, little controls. I'm trying to work on housings for the EDFs actually for this thing, mm. and if I can infuse a little bit of uh, foam board work or 3D printing, yeah, we're, we'll have some fun. So, right. but uh, yeah, so oh. yeah, the EDFs have happened all oh. of a sudden. Right. So my question is, you have uh, a rather large array of some big EDFs, and I know you've had the Hawk since Christmas, so when you ended up with the Hawk. Huh? I have not flown it. I know, but that's my question is, why the FlexJet? What made you go to that decision where this is the first one I'm going to fly? That actually surprised me. I had to crack the shell. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's got the stabilizer on board, the Aurora 8. And so talking to those guys, they're like, yeah, set it up. And I, I've got uh, Chris Gooden, who's a who's a big Flex fan and everything. So we, we talked through it, and I just said, let's just do this. And, you know, for anybody who's not watched the video, it's it's on my channel. And, yeah, just the nerves were cranking. Oh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of stuff to take in with that airplane. And it's hilarious because it doesn't feel like three minutes. You know, you go mm-hmm. and you do a couple, you take off, you do a couple of run throughs. Yeah. And I'm cycling the, the, the landing gear because it wouldn't, they wouldn't retract properly. And, and next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I got to land, <laughs> you know. And, and you bring this thing in and it's um, the pleasant part is it's a very manageable 90 millimeter EDF. I mm-hmm. was kind of curious if the space could handle it. And it, there's a lot of room. Obviously, um, we, we avoid that school and everything that's in our area. And we right. try and fly well around that. I, I never fly over it. Um, but you soak up a lot of real estate really quick. Um, the only notes I came back from my first landing was I'm going to actually move myself. Uh, so we took off. I take off towards the forest and I land. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the wind because mm-hmm. I'm not landing anywhere near that school. Yes. yes. What I'm going to do for the next flight is I'm actually going to be further to the the end of the the runway, mm-hmm. you know, so I can get it down yeah. because you're coming in. You're coming over a forest. There's other trees on the approach as well. So it's like, okay, I want to get this thing touched down a little sooner because it does come in with a little energy. And what's really neat about this jet is once you start playing with some of the modes, so standard mode on the flex – on the Aurora 8 is no assistance, so it's it's got you know AS3X essentially. It's a version of AS3X, but the gyro is doing minimal work or no work at all, right? Then you've got low rates with the with the gyro and then high rates. But if you flick into expert mode, I can get into um, I guess it's is it tailorons? Mm-hmm. Like you know, when the when the elevator or ailerons, I guess is the ailerons will start. You know the elevator controls will start moving independently, so you can high alpha this aircraft in. So just like Ryan and, and Mike were talking about, bring it in with a lot less. You know, you get that nose up attitude. You've got yeah. the power and everything, yeah. but you're not you're not cooking along. Right. And um, it was interesting. A couple of people said the thing looked like it was flying so fast. To me, it didn't feel too too fast until I tried to land. Yeah. You know, when you're just beaming down the road. Yeah. Now. Out of curiosity, did you post any of the video of that <laughs> that first landing yet? Uh, the first landing was fine. It was the second landing. Oh, it was, was the early. second one? Okay. Yeah. Did you post any yeah. of that? No. Okay. but So we got to just describe this because 
<laughs> you were like, oh my gosh, you it was wait. A nasty touch and go, man. That's oh. basically it. It was a multiple tat touch and goes. All right. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I came I, in, I came in hot. Yes. I abhorred it because I was like, wow, this thing, I came in hotter than I was expected. And when I went around the turn, I stalled. Oh and I skipped gosh. this thing off the deck, and and you know, and it's funny because the the ground video is works worse. The onboard video, nothing. It looks like it was all intentional, right? Yeah. What I can't believe is when I look back at the thing, the whole thing happened in the span of thirty seconds. Yeah. It did not feel like thirty seconds. Oh my gosh. You know? so, so no, no harm, no foul. I, I I'm I think I may have messed up the landing gear a touch on the thing, but I'm gonna work on that and adjust it. So so mm. Mike, just just picture this. Bear with me for it. <laughs> Here's Andre coming into this $500 jet, right? And he's coming in, he's coming in, and he looks like he's a little hot. And, you know, obviously he kind of blew by him. Like, so it was going all the way down the end of the runway. And it looked like he was going to touch down. And, and the landing looked real good, but he was out of runway. Yeah. So at the last second, he firewalls this thing. Well, then you see, I believe it was a school in the background, right? In yeah. the parking lot. So yeah. this jet's climbing out, and actually it looked pretty good, and and I see him starting to bank pretty hard because he's pouring on the coals, yeah. right, and he's turning left. And then all of a sudden you see the thing just dip a wing and dive, and poor Andre. Like, I was shaking watching the video. All you hear is this, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I mean, this jet just goes down and hits the, the parking lot, and you hear it hit. And scrape, and then all of a sudden it bounces, and he takes back off. And Are you comes kidding? Around. Me? No, I'm not kidding you. Oh my god! Takes back off. Like I bet his heart was just pounding through the chest. Like, oh my god, I can't believe I just saved that. Now I got to bring it in again, right? Oh my gosh! So he comes around, finally sets it up, does better. Which at that point I probably would have lost it and threw yeah. the radio down and said, "Forget it." Brings it in, but I I think we believe like on that skip it might have uh, damaged some of the landing well, gear. It took a tire off. It oh. took a tire off on the skip. Oh wow! So, so the they, way I must have crabbed sideways, uh-huh. and it took a tire off. So yeah, the landing was it, landing was like throwing out an arrestor hook on the poor thing. <laughs> so this thing just hits, and like Andre said, kind of just stops. And you see the like tires rolling off of it, and landing gear pieces, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Uh. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> yeah, seven hundred dollar aircraft. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was crazy. So hopefully, maybe down the road you'll post that because I I couldn't believe uh, it. Just uh, the fear, the fear uh, in your voice uh, and everything uh, when this thing comes around and you're like, no, not my seven hundred dollar jet. Uh, it was it was just epic. Oh my gosh, epic. So. All right, folks, that's it for the show. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I've been sitting here for about four hours. Man, them guys can talk, too. too. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. I think they need to be podcasters. Yeah, they would make great podcasters for sure. Um, (laughs) Real quick, go through our sponsors, and we'll get out of here. Thanks to GetFPV.com for helping out the show and keeping this thing going. Uh, They've signed up uh, for another few months at least to help us out. So we got to thank GetFPV.com. We even have a coupon code, and it has changed. Um, If from the previous code, we get a lot of questions about that or they wonder why the old code's not working. That's because it has changed. The new code at GetFPV.com is RCAfterHours. And a couple key things here. You must spend $120 in your cart, and then you type in RC After Hours for a code, and it's 10% off your entire order. 
And the good thing about GetFPV, when you do use our code and you spend $120, in a couple days, the stuff shows right up at your door. Fast shipping, great customer service. If you're new to drone or anything, uh, go check them out. They have a great site called getfpv.com slash learn. All kinds of information on anything FPV and drone related, whether it's cameras, ESCs, frames, motors, goggles whatever you want so go in there and check them out and also they uh we've mentioned it a hundred times but their batteries are phenomenal go check out the lumineer series brand of batteries they are fantastic reasonably priced or i should say maybe competitively priced but they are quality wise they are awesome because mike and i abuse our batteries terrible and i've had no problems with them whatsoever so please go check out and support our sponsor getfpv.com they are fantastic down there. All the guys, Sean, Mike, Jeff, Roy, Andy, and Tim. Uh, they might actually, Tim might be on the next show. We want to, got a couple things we're going to talk to get FPV about. So give you a little insight of what's coming up. Actually, I got notes here. Um, more stuff we were going to talk about this podcast, but we're way, way Very past. So um, <laughs> I'm ready to get out of this hard chair here. My butt's starting to go numb. Uh, but that's it. Anything, Andre, you needed to add or anything coming up or anything that we need to know about? Not really. Okay. So there you have it. Uh, thanks for all our Patreon supporters. If you like the show, spread the word and you want to help us out, uh, go to patreon.com slash rcafterhours and give us a monthly donation. It really helps out and actually keeps the show running. So if it wasn't for the Patreon uh, supporters, we wouldn't actually be here. And again, we're not asking for much, but we'll ask for anything. Even a dollar a month helps us out. And those, some of you people donating 10, 15, $20 a month. Wow. Unbelievable. And hopefully soon we can do something for you guys, uh, coming up some giveaways and stuff. So that's it for us. We're out of here. Right, Mike, you ready? Yeah. I was wondering if you got, got that plane shipped out to the winter. Like, uh, no, it's not- right behind you, but it's, <laughs> It's coming. Andrew, it's coming. Uh, Probably ship it out, or I might end up driving it to you because it might be cheaper, but it's it's coming to you. So very soon. All right. That's it. See you guys later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.